It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. I'm Betches co-founder Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by Instacart. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us, trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
did something fun today, didn't we? That that is one of my favorite favorite duo DJ collectives, Justice, uh, a French uh, DJ duo who I love. They just make me happy, so I wanted to play that today. What a show, folks! We are rolling right along, even though life is so crazy. I hope I get to be the soundtrack of a part of it today. Uh, we have the one, the only Ariana Maddox. Uh, joining us today from a little show called Vanderpump Rules. Uh, she's also a sandwich shop owner. She also has an insanely good podcast called Earth to Ariana on Dear Media Podcast. And you got to go check it on, uh, check it out. She let me be a guest last week. So I was like, nice. But I, I tell you what I love about the show in the interview with her, but it, it's kind of my experience with Ariana, not even only on the show, but in real life, is that she's just a solid person. Um, she is just one of those people that you just like, that is full of talent. Like, I, I, the show doesn't even really show half the talent that she has. <laughs> and she's also just like a great person. And there's not I don't know if you look around, there's not tons of those, you know, so it is just great. And we had the best conversation about pop culture. We get into this a little bit of Vanderpump rules. Uh, we tease the new season. I try to catch her on some things, but she's sly that one. We talk about BravoCon coming up, but do me a favor, go, um, go just check out one of her podcasts, show that this podcast can do for other podcasts. And, and I want this to be a hub where people can come and you can find new podcasts. It's always something really exciting when somebody's like somebody the other day, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on her name. She found Watch What Crappens from this podcast. Watch What Crappens is the number one podcast of all time. And she was like, didn't know. I think her name is Monica. She's like, I didn't know about these guys until, and and now I love them. And I was like, you better still listen to my podcast, Monica. But she did. I was like, that is amazing. I was able to find the last person that has never heard Watch What Crappens and send them their way. But dude, like I'm telling you, there are so many amazing podcasts right now. For a listener, it is a cornucopia of so much cool shit. And I hope this can be like a hub where it kind of can push good stuff towards you. But as Ariana, it's a great place. I don't know. Her podcast I've been listening to and it really feels like you're talking with a friend or overhearing just two friends talk and you're a part of that friend group, but you're the silent person, if that makes sense. Uh, so we got her and then we got a full Southern charm recap directly after that. It is, it's a little messy. I'm not going to lie, but the Southern charm people are messy. So I think it's fine that I did a messy recap, but did you hear that Salt Lake recap yesterday after the pop culture roundup with Sophie Ross? A reminder, uh, her podcast. So true, I think has an episode coming out today as well. Dude, there are so many podcasts. What are we even doing with our lives? You guys. Um, but yeah, Southern charm recap yesterday was salt Lake. Uh, we got a full, I've got so many guests coming. Like there's just, uh, I got Annabelle DeSisto coming up. We're recapping a, a horror movie in the spirit of Halloween that I can't wait for you guys to listen to. I, I don't know, just it, it's, I get to talk to so many cool people because of you guys. So thank you. I wanted to talk uh, about a couple of things really quick. Uh, we don't have a lot of time and this is already a long episode, but uh, prayers go out to Nene Leakes's family once again, just suffering through, you know, a really couple of hard years, but her son, 23, is struggling to speak after a stroke and heart failure uh, that she shared the news on her Instagram stories on Monday. And of course, we know her son Brent from the show, and he's only 23 and he had a stroke. And she said, this is not the way I wanted it to come out. We wanted to be able to talk about it ourselves when Brent was in a better place, but I would rather the correct thing be out there than something that's not correct. So I'm guessing there was like a leak of some sort. Um, 
she said she didn't want to go into the details how she found her son and the condition he was in, but that it was very scary. And she said her he is currently having trouble speaking, which a lot of stroke victims do. Um, so the doctors are still running tests. One theory is that he may have unknowingly contracted COVID-19 um, and then found out there were heart issues uh, as well. So pray for him, send out good vibes for him. Um, you know, that is just so hard and hopefully he gets well very, very soon. Also, I mean, Atlanta, like Cynthia Bailey, there's the rumor out there today. She removed Mike Hill's last name from her Instagram. By the way, we're using Instagram too much to relay messages, right? Like, like, like say we're like, Cynthia changed her name just back to Cynthia Bailey on her Instagram profile. Like we need to just actually just go back to reading newspapers or something. So Cynthia might not have made it to her second wedding anniversary. There might be trouble in paradise. I hope Cynthia is at BravoCon, um, but uh, hopefully she's okay and they're okay and Man, I I want good things for everybody right now. Like we need some good, man. Let's put some good in the world today. Do you know what? I went hiking to try to like clear my mind of some things today because it's just been a really fucking tough year um, for all of us. And I went hiking and I I, I usually um, when I hike, I stare down cause I'm, I, I, I'm one of those people that I'm scared to make eye contact with people because like, I don't want people to think I'm staring at, you know, I'm just a weirdo. And every time I stared up at somebody today, they were smiling at me and I was like, Oh my God, it did like my, is my dick hanging out? Like what? Are you, what? Like, I'm not like, I'm like, why are people smiling at me? I'm like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> like, and how weird is that? That I immediately thought I did something wrong when they could have just been like nicely smiling at me. Like I didn't even take that into consideration. I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? Did my eye just fall out? Um, and I was thinking, what a weird thought that is. Maybe people are just smiling to smile. So I was going to say, maybe smile at somebody today. Maybe give a warm smile, not a creepy smile, but a warm smile. Maybe do that. Maybe that just those little, little acts of kindness that we can do. Um, you know, maybe they can make, they can add up to something bigger. Um, before Ariana, I wanted to talk about an issue that is important to me. If you're joining me for the first time, remember to use timestamps. If you don't want to hear this next little bit of me rambling on, um, use the timestamps to skip right to Ariana. It's going to be okay. People do it all the time. Uh, I will, uh, hold it against you for the rest of my life, but it is okay. Um, but I, I, I want to talk about this thing. So go ahead and find that timestamp. You can skip right to Ariana. Totally get it. Now for the people that want to stay and the people that have been with me for a long time that want to hear every little thing, <laughs> the two people, um, I just want to really quickly say something about a cause that's very important to me. That is mental health awareness. Um, Selena Gomez, by the way, she is supposed to have this Apple documentary coming out that talks about her mental health struggle. And I, Selena Gomez is really interesting. I, 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 I like some of her music. Like, I think, you know, I'm obviously an older dude. I loved her in Only Murders in the Building. And I realized, like, what an insanely huge fan base she has. But I was, like, past, when I was young, I was past the time that, like, people were, like, falling in love with Selena Gomez. I was already older, you know? So I was like, okay, cool. But uh, she really does intrigue me. And I really want to see this documentary on Apple TV that premieres pretty soon because I'm always fascinated about people's uh, mental health journey. And today, you guys, or Tuesday, or Monday, sorry, today you'll hear this and it's Tuesday and it's already passed, but you can still celebrate it. It's World Mental Health Day. And we talk about mental health on this program a lot. And we actually talk about it in the interview with Ariana because she's a real big supporter of mental health as well. And 
listen, I can be goofy and smiley and jokey on this, and that's a form of therapy for me. It's a form of meditation in a sense. Um, I I found this old uh, tweet, and I posted it to my Instagram tonight. And it says, um, I shit post on here for the world for the most part, but World Mental Health Day means a lot to me. I struggle on a daily basis with depression and anxiety. I'm learning to get over what people think and try to love myself, which is so fucking hard sometimes. It's a de- daily struggle that I take SSRIs for, which are antidepressants, you guys. I've told you guys that many times. I go to therapy and I hike to try to help myself so I don't fall too far into the deep again. Days like this really inspire me, and I'm always surprised how many people deal with what I do. I wanted to add a small voice to say that I personally find life better when I try, even if I have to make myself try on a daily basis. LOL. Now, I wrote this. I wrote that in 2019, you guys. And I don't know if I'm getting the year correct, but it's 2022. And it's still the same. It's a daily struggle, right? And for a lot of us, it's a daily struggle. But like, talk about it. Don't be ashamed about it. I know this is a joke podcast and stuff for like, we silly, but there's serious moments too. And that's okay. But also like, I got so many nice comments and stuff, but like, at the same time, I'm okay with not getting any comments. I'm okay. Like I, you know, like that is, uh, that is something I deal with and I've learned, I'm learning still. I learn every day to deal with it. But it's also something that I will not allow myself to be ashamed about. And I hope you guys don't either. I hope you, and this is the hardest damn thing to do, to admit to friends how you feel, to actually go seek out a therapist, to actually go on medicine. These are all so scary and they can seem so daunting because you're like, oh my God, what if they change me even for the worst? It's sometimes this trial and error that unfortunately can be really messy sometimes. But I think in the end, I mean, I I said tonight, you know, listen, at the very least, there's just good TV out there. You got to stay around for the good TV. And I joke a lot about it because that's how, like I say, I process things. But, uh, you know, just know that I'm always in your corner and, and I hope vice versa. Um, this life is long. It can be hard. We deal with so much on a daily basis that people 50 years ago, 60 years ago, seven, I mean, that didn't ever have to worry about. We are champions for getting through what we just got through and we're still going through it. But man, at the end of our lives, hopefully a hundred years from now, we'll say we potentially survived a pandemic and not many generations can say that. And that's, uh, that's really fucking scary. <laughs> but I just wanted to lend my small voice to say, you know, listen, if you are feeling bad, please reach out to someone, make a tiny step, talk to somebody, say it. Cause sometimes what I do is I'll say it in my head and it gets really lonely in here. And then I say it out loud to you guys. And I'm like, it helps me process it and helps me go, okay, Wow, it's really less, way less scary when I say something out loud. And when I do say something out loud, then people say stuff back and they're like, oh my God, me too. And I'm like, oh my God, you too? You're, well, I'm not the only one? I'm not a weirdo? I mean, I'm a weirdo, but I'm not a weirdo weirdo? Everybody goes through something and we got to take the shame away from that completely. Listen, we already watch Bravo. We should be filled with shame. We should be filled with shame, but we should never feel shame about our mental health. So I just wanted to say that right up top to say that, you know, recognize these things. Don't let 
depression creep up on you because it will and just ride this out, ride it out. And even if you, 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 some of you guys are probably in it right now. Tomorrow is a new day. And I'm not trying to be an asshole when I say that, but truly you never know what tomorrow brings. But listen, reach out to anybody that you can and talk to people. Um, and, and, and that's it. That's, that's, that's my soapbox about mental health and I'll keep talking and probably about it for the rest of my life, unfortunately, but also cool. Okay. You guys, let's get into this. We, there's tons of things to talk about, but I want to get into it because we got such a good guest. And then we got a Southern charm recap and that's two days in a row of just jam packed, super size shows. Uh, my dream, as I always say, if you're new to this podcast, is that I wanted to be a radio host that did like a stern four-hour drive time show. And this is like kind of what I get to do every day. And that's pretty flipping cool. So I know it's not like your other podcasts where you get these 45-minute bits and stuff. These are long form. And I get that that's weird, but just use the timestamps. Don't let it be daunting. You can listen to this at any time. But I know you're going to want to listen today. So without further ado, uh, from the Dear Media podcast, Earth to Ariana, the one, the only, Ariana Maddox. Three. Welcome back to iHeartRadio So Bad It's Good. Today, we have a returning guest, somebody that I just think is truly, truly amazing. What I'm going to need you to do before I even introduce her, I need you to go to your podcasting apps right now, and I need you to go to Earth to Ariana, A-R-I-A-N-A. Then when you go there, you're going to hit subscribe. What I'm going to do is one step further than that, you're going to hit five stars. You can do this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and it really helps because our next guest has a brand new podcast. And if you want to actually listen to somebody that you feel like you're friends with, this is the podcast for you. And of course, she has people from Love Island. She'll have people from Vanderpump. She'll have normies like me and her best friend, Brad and Logan, who's awesome. But she is just somebody that I think is endlessly entertaining, somebody that you need to listen to. She is always on the right side of history. Uh, fabulous singer. I always tell her she needs to go on Broadway. I feel like I should be her manager at some point. Um, also, she uh, is the curator for Drink From Home Cocktails. I'm going to put this all in the description as well. They have a great Instagram page. Check them out. This is the week of BravoCon, so we'll mention that, I'm sure. I don't know if you guys have heard about this little show called uh, Vanderpumpy Rules. I'm, I think I'm getting the name wrong. Um, Vanderpump Rules, which I think they just shot their season 10. Hopefully we will get an announcement of an opening of a sandwich shop called, uh, there's something about her, I think, but Ariana Maddox, welcome back to the show. Hi. Wow. Oh my gosh. That was the most amazing intro ever of my whole life. Dude, I can keep going. I, I will say, like, <laughs> I say this to you all the time, but it's like, it's so refreshing to meet somebody in person. And I don't say that as like, I know you, like, I don't consider like, you're weird. You're shockingly nice and like really <laughs> just normal because that's who you are. You have like this weirdly great taste in muse. I'm like, you're just awesome, but you just happen to be on TV. That's the only difference. <laughs> and people, I'm not saying this, but you're stunningly beautiful. But I think of you as like a, a sister, but people <laughs> say you're stunningly beautiful. Uh, I need to find out some things. Uh, but before we get into that, are we okay. allowed to say the sandwich shop? There's something about her that's happening. We saw that on, on, on social media. Like yes. that's not a spoiler. No. Yeah. Yeah. There was some pictures posted and stuff like that. So that is happening and hopefully soon because you know, we, well, I'm not going to give any, yeah, yeah, yeah. but hopefully very soon, because I think that 
you know, there are some big steps that were taken that happened this year with that. And so I think that ball is really rolling down the hill now. And so it's hopefully going to be open very soon. It's, will you beat, will you beat Schwartz and Sandy's to opening? That's, I guess the big question <laughs> That's it's the competition. Honestly, you know, what's surprising is like, you know, obviously they've been working on getting that place open for so long. And that's just the struggle of like every person I know who's in the restaurant industry on in New York, in LA, um, in Florida, everyone's talking about how it's so hard to find back of house staff and yeah, you can have everything ready to go, but you just can't find people to, to work there. So oh, no, I know I'm going to get tons of emails. Tell her I'll work there. Please, I'll work there. <laughs> Off the books. Um, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Earth to Ariana is the podcast for Dear Media, which I think just does the best podcast out there right now. Their team and their digital team is second to none. I really, I really do believe that. What made you want to do a podcast? Because it has been years where you've held off, I feel. Mm-hmm. And like, what made now the time? Because I think Sheena's there, Katie's there. Uh, why now for you? Um, well, it's something that I've actually been working on since like the pandemic, really. And it sprung out of this love with for connecting with people. And when Tom and I were on our book tour, when Fancy AF Cocktails came out, and we would travel to these cities and we would meet people. And we'd be talking to them and you're supposed to kind of like churn through this line of signing books and saying hi yeah. to people super quick. And I would just get caught up in conversation because people would come up to me and they would say things like, oh, your life is so, is so interesting. And, and I'd be like, no, <laughs> I bet. I'd be like, I bet you money that your life is really. Yes, exactly. And so I would get kind of in these conversations and, you know, the line is getting long and things like that. <laughs> it's like, okay, I need a platform for me to have these conversations <laughs> that isn't going to like fuck up everybody else's day. And on top of that, I just feel like, this idea that I think that we all connect on certain things. So that's why I always like want to bring up music and things that I'm a fan of and that what my guests are a fan of, because I feel like that's what kind of it, what do you call it? It's, um, I mean, that's where we connect on kind of this leveler. human. Yeah. Yeah. Feel like the great equalizer, like we can equalizer, all like the same the song or same TV show. Yes. And we, we all fall in love these with these things, things. Similar eras of, you know, pop culture and things like that. And what's so interesting to me is that I just feel as though, you know, over the years, I think it's less so now because of social media, but over at least my lifetime, there's always this idea of like, if you're on TV or if you're a quote unquote, like celebrity or celebrity adjacent person that you're kind of over here. And then there's yeah. like, there's like that separation and I don't want that separation. So yeah. I think of my listeners as like my my besties and a lot of the times when I'm talking doing like solo episodes I'm like okay I've, I'm really just in this room talking to myself but it feels like I'm talking to my best friends that's it exactly <laughs> that's the that, that's what made me fall in love with it is that like because sometimes it can get kind of lonely at times but then you're like oh picturing who you're talking to and then you actually see and like people will respond to you and like they're listening and it is so cool and it kind of makes that lonely you feel like you're part of a community which you already kind of experienced with Vanderpump Rules but I think podcasting is so much more personal because 
it's like you get to control the edit on that and you get to like you don't get to have conversations on Vanderpump Rules about your favorite Britney Spears album. No, you don't, you get don't. To you don't do even that, get to you know? talk about like what show you watched last night because it's like. Yeah, you can't talk <laughs> Love Island on Vanderpump Rules. Oh, like there's that. not a Love Island episode. Although they might allow that because it is NBC. So see, wouldn't that see? I want the Marvel universe. I want the Vanderpump universe. I want see this is what and we've I've told you this. I am so pissed you're not on Winterhouse. I know Schwartz and Sandoval uh, are, but like give Ariana, like put Ariana and Katie there. Like get let them do a weekend and then the next weekend you guys come up. Like yeah. we need to start thinking globally <laughs> for this globally. stuff. We need, you know what we need, you know, the girls trip, the ultimate girls trip shows with the housewives. We need one that's like non summer house, Vanderpump rules, yeah. Southern charm. That's, that and is I a be great idea. <laughs> well, no, that's, I mean, like, by the way, if that idea comes to fruition now and they don't put you on it, we've got a lawsuit and Craig I mean, Conover yeah. is the lawyer that's going to do <laughs> yes, that case. I'm hiring Craig Conover to represent <laughs> me in this case. <laughs> don't get run over, call Conover. Um, yeah. So you were talking about your favorite scary movies with Brad uh, a couple episodes ago. And that's what I'm talking about. Like that kind of personal connection with pop culture is something that I've geeked out on from a little kid. And you have that same love, but it's like weird. You really, truly are um, that person that you want to know about other people. That's why I think you're perfect for podcasting. And it's different. And this is no, uh, there's no shade here. Like I li I've listened to Sheena's podcast before. I've listened to Katie's and Sheena kind of goes for that dirt kind of like, I'm, I'm yeah, I want to get that quote, you know, and I want to get in us weekly. And there's something to me that's awesome about that. I dig it. But like, yeah. I really feel like then people will walk away from yours listening of like, well, that is my bud. That is my friend. You know, if I saw her, she, you know, like I would say, oh, hey, I love that episode. Yeah, no, but that's what I love about, you know, Sheena and I are such great friends. Like she's like family to me, but like, that's part of what I think is cool about, you know, this idea that you know, like everyone has a podcast now. There's so many podcasts and things that, I mean, that is true. There are so many podcasts out there, there are. but every person has something completely different that they're bringing to the table in terms yeah. of podcasts. Like it's a I mean, very, it's, it's a thing. everybody has a different fingerprint. They just got to like stick, but they got to hang in there. Like, I think mm -hmm. not everybody has this automatic listenership. So you've got to hang yeah. in while you grow that. Um, yeah. Speaking of Sheena, um, you know, I always think about a sliding doors moment of like, first you were on Vanderpump rules and you didn't even want to be, you were hiding your face. It's in a document, you know, like for that dance yeah. scene, which is, you know, people forget that you were on stage dancing. I mean, that to me is like a Woodstock moment where Sheena is doing good as gold. Was it at the, was it at the Roxy? It was at the Roxy. Yeah. The Roxy. I mean, that is truly. And if you go back and I think there's a documentary of that, of like, and Ariana's like hiding her face and she yeah. doesn't want to be. And why was that? It was it because you had an attitude about reality shows. I was in a relationship at the time with somebody who not only thought that like reality TV was disgusting, but that like reality stars were disgusting as well. And would say just like the most horrible, disparaging things about Sheena and everybody that I was friends with. You were dating Jax? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be the thing that gets taken. <laughs> no, 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 was not. No, no, no. Um, but then when I, I was like, well, I have this, you know, I was a theater major and I did musical theater. Yeah. I was on the college dance. She team. worked at Dis she worked at Disney World too, you guys. I was friends with um some very uh wonderful characters at Disney. <laughs> um and yeah, I was on my college dance team, I was on all-star dance teams and all of that. So 
coming to LA, having an opportunity to dance on national and international television, it was like, go just do that. So I was under the impression that I was just showing up just to do that. And I didn't really understand how scenes work where you have like the little activity and then you like, then go talk about drama and gossip and stuff. So I had really no idea like what I was really getting into. And then when I was like, okay, I was coming to do this and now I'm being asked to do this other stuff. And my boyfriend is basically going to maybe like hate me, break up with me. He's going to say horrible things about what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so there was this whole, like, I was freaking out that like, I was going to be, uh, verbally, uh, yeah. Abused. I mean, they were kind of, yeah. I yeah. Mean. Um, and not only that, but my meter was up and I was flat broke and my meter was up on Hollywood Boulevard. Cause it was at that dance studio right there. Yeah. And I was like, I, I was like, I don't think you guys understand. Like I cannot afford a $63 ticket. Like I either have to be able to go downstairs and refill my meter Or like, so I can't, I can't have a $63 ticket. So there's like all these like outside stressors coming in that obviously make no sense for the world of the show. And I know. And then we see your face like hiding, you know, like, and it's so, cause we don't know any of that information, which by the way, when you're in your twenties in Hollywood, it is like, you are just getting tickets right and left. I don't know what it is about (laughs) our brains in our twenties, but like, I was just collecting them and not realizing that eventually they put a boot on your car and they always do it at the (laughs) worst possible moment that the boot goes on. But it was just, it is like when you get the 60, well now a 63, $70 ticket, you're like, I can't afford this. But then, like, if you don't pay it 30 days later, it becomes Doubles. like a hundred and <laughs> ticket. And you're like, well, now I really can't afford yeah. <laughs> it. So why are you doing this to me? Honestly, I think parking tickets are a fucking scam. And uh, uh, yeah, I you think, think? parking should be free. And I can't stand that whole system. That's horrible because there's spots available, you guys. It's just you need some yeah. kind of like golden ticket for a neighborhood. And I'm like, this is perfectly good parking. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it drives me insane. What if we do 45 minutes on just parking? People are like, that was fascinating <laughs> on parking. Um, I, I, I go run for city council <laughs> and that's my platform. <laughs> I always think about those sliding door moments, though. Like, I mean, obviously you you know, it's, it's funny because you wound up on the show, but I always think about like, what if you didn't wind up on the show? Like you took acting classes at a place where I worked, I, you know, mm-hmm. and you, I, I said this last time you had like amazing notes about your talent, all your scores. Like, you know, we had scored each actor in our system and you were the highest. And there were other Vanderpump rulers that went there and you were the highest of all of those actors. And you would actually were working, like you did a whole, like you were doing, uh, did you do a film with like Eric Roberts or something? Or Sir Thomas Howell or, or something? I did, I did. I mean, you were I doing did. like low budget indies and stuff. I was, I mean, look, I didn't want to, I wanted to do, I did um, that sitcom Dads. Yeah. That was like right around the time that I also like decided, okay, I'm going to do Vanderpump like for real. Um, and I, that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to do the sitcom. I wanted to do the like multi-cam. I know I probably seem like such the opposite of what those shows are, but I really liked that sort of, I don't know, maybe like mathematical formula. Yeah. Uh, I tried to explain what Leslie the at the acting studio does. And, you know, like they break down a multi-cam. So it would like, you know, 
putting your beats like repetition, repeat, or like do the reversal on the third one. Uh, You know, you can break these things down. Like it's like a song and it, you know, they're written in a certain way, you guys. And that part is kind of like, there's a romantic part of it to it. Cause it's like science. You're like, okay, if I hit this and then say this, it's going to get a laugh. And I love the, like, um, you know, cause Leslie would teach that like the writers are basically trying to, without being able to actually speak to you, who's like auditioning for this or whatever, they're trying to tell you exactly how it's supposed to be by yeah. these little like punctuation. It's your your roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. And so I found it so fun. Like this was almost like a puzzle to yeah, try yeah, yeah. To get in there and really, and I had this thing, I was like, man, if I could just do that really well, like that would be so cool just to be really good at that. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like, what I wanted to do. <laughs> but then when you go into them like reality shows and you start like getting liked or even, you know, on reality shows, uh, shows you get disliked. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about you in particular, but like, there's like yeah. sometimes a villain, a hero, all of this stuff and everybody goes through it, but you're, you know, these things for all intents and purposes are real. I know we like to say things are set up, you know, but there are like walk-ins that might be set up, but the actual sure. dialogue is real. What's it like then to have you be the person on the roadmap? I was watching the Southern Charm reunion this past oh, weekend yeah. and I, I, Taylor had this monologue she came out with to Shep with and she just nailed him. And like, but it was very, like, I thought it was very powerful, but at the same time, it seemed like, okay, she had gone over that a lot. Is there been any scenes in the past where you knew you had to go into something and say, and you, you went over it in your head of like, this is what I want to say. I think this is what, did you ever, do you ever do that? Yeah. Well, I think I, I, I do I, that in life in my real yeah, life. Yeah. That's the thing is I do that in life where it's like, I know I'm going to see this person later. Um, I have to talk to them. I know in my head, you know, it's like almost like when you leave. So like, let's say me and Sheena get in an argument. Right. Um, and I walk away from that and I go home and I'm like, God, I wish I would have said that. Like you always think of all the things that you should have said. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so then, you know, but then we are, I think our cast is very good at, we're like, okay, well, I'm not going to talk to that person off camera. Because yeah, Tom said that in the interview, like, I got to save that for on right. Camp. Because what happens is that you make, if you have that conversation off camera, you would most likely, you know, come to some sort of resolution and then production be like, all right, we need you to, you know, you're guys, you're going to talk to them tonight. And then it's like, oh, well, I already did. We're cool now. <laughs> no, we don't want they're you to like, be cool. Please uh, don't be they're cool. They're like, uh, absolutely not. Like, because <laughs> we don't know that. Like, the camera does not yeah. know that. Yeah. And it's just like, well, then we're not going to even bother showing the fight from before because now we have no way of showing like what happened because you went ahead and did it off camera. Like, that's actually like, I think a very fucked up thing that if someone does that, I think yeah. it's fucked up. Um, because it's like, look, we're all trying to do our best to like, show our real emotions, like show everything that's really happening on the show off camera. It's like very frustrating. So that being said, you'll have maybe like three days of thinking about what you (laughs) could have said. And so then when you are going to see that person again, it's like, you're, you've been thinking about it. It's just natural. But even then I feel like you'll say all the things and then you'll still be like, 
Yeah, you're George, you're George Costanza in it from Seinfeld of like, you know, has that he had that comeback of like, you you should be at the jerk store. Like you always have these things that would be perfect in retrospect. And now I even I'm so into these shows that I write my own fan fiction for them. And I'm just like not in my head I do, but I'm always like, oh, that would have been a way better line to say. Of You've course. been on the show for almost what seven seasons now, or, or something like that. I'm at seven, nine, nine, nine. Oh my. I know it all. It all blurs. And oh, um, how do you at this point though, like not because I would be in there just from like being an actor, going like, oh shit, they're probably going to cut this together with this, and they're going to probably mm-hmm. staple that to that. Are you not directing a scene mid scene, but are you now very not wary, but just very aware of oh, how things think- get pieced together? Yeah, I think there is like, well, you, you're like, try to tell yourself not to do that. But I think yeah. at least somebody for with me who has like a very high level of anxiety at all times, <laughs> I am always that person that overthinks and like thinks, okay, well, you know, like I do that just na- naturally as a person. So it's like, cause I'm always thinking about the worst case scenario and like, you know, yeah. no, I mean, I'm, I'm making up stories in my head nonstop yeah. about I mean, how I everybody hates just, me, how it, everybody, yes. like, I, it, it's so sad that I'm at this age and like, I am still like, you know. Know, we're, we're still the same little dudes and little girls that we were as kids. Yeah. We just have more life experience. So we almost get exhausted with ourselves. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then okay. you just have to be like, okay, don't fucking think about that. Just focus on being true to yourself and don't fucking think about that, you know, but that's like the inner monologue that you're having, you know, <laughs> well, it's like sometimes even with Sandoval too, who, by the way, you play his girlfriend on the show. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, you, I mean, like sometimes even Tom will be like, you know, Ariana, like I get nervous. I don't know what to say. So she kind of like helps me like, cause he's just, he just goes, you know, he just goes and sometimes says everything. And he doesn't know if he's even saying the right thing sometimes because he's full of passion. Yeah. And sometimes I can tell because like, he'll be saying something and he, there's like, he's paused. Well, the other thing too, I, well, I always feel like is I don't get out my thought clear and concise right there. And then in one, whatever, the second you pause to breathe, someone's going to jump in there (laughs) (laughs) and you know so it's like you almost have to go into it a little bit of knowing what you want to say because otherwise people will say it for you yeah um frustrating this show has provided so many opportunities and so many people now are fans of yours like i mean just this was a question from the the facebook group they're like is who's the most famous person you've interacted with it was a fan of the show where you were like holy balls like that's insane well, Kristen Chenoweth, to me, has always been from Wicked, and yeah, yes, amazing. She's been like a hero of mine since I was, you know, in high school, college. Um, and when I was at Watch What Happens Live once, she was doing like a tape. You know, they were doing like two shows in a day because it was like weather or something. And she was doing the one that was taping before me, and I got there early to do my hair and makeup in the green room. And I heard her voice and I was like, (laughs) oh my God, oh my God. And I got so, so excited. I got so freaked out. And then I looked out the the door into the hallway and she was like, I was like, you look beautiful. And she was like, you look beautiful. And I think you're just, and I was like, you know who I am? (laughs) Um, And then 
she said <laughs> literally the kindest words to me. She came, she said I was her new bestie. She came and gave me a hug before, like made a point to come give me a hug before she left after her taping. And my friends um, that live in New York were there with me because you get like two passes yeah. for, for, the, um, for the show. And that's like the best way to be able to see my friends sometimes. So they were there in the dressing room with me. And after that, when she walked out, we all looked at each other like, like, did that just, ha-? and we all started crying. So. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. those are the moments where it's like, wow. Cause yeah. I would always wonder if there's a part of you that's like, um, I'm like, if you ever regret being on a reality show all this time, or you're like, this affords me so many opportunities because mm-hmm. it truly is the way to break in. Now, this is just as valid F that guy that you used to date that said, otherwise, this is now yeah. just as valid of a way to break into the industry and create other jobs for yourselves. But is yeah. there another part where you're like, Oh, I feel like I cheated in some way. I wish I was out there hitting the pavement for pilot audition. I hate more. Listen, I enjoyed auditioning back when it was, you go to an office and you meet people and you know, you've, you've come in, you've prepared your best that you can. They give you notes and you do it twice. Yeah. I know the self tape aspect of auditioning now is something that I, oh, I dude. it's just not my, it, it was never something that I was good at self tapes. I don't like the idea of doing something over and over and over and over and over and over again, because to me that it makes it become this like, and you have to see yourself. You have to like, there, there becomes this look aspect over, to it that like exactly. takes over. You have to, yeah, I don't want to see myself like, because seeing it is like, puts me in this whole other headspace of like yep. what I'm looking like and, and the IT aspect of it, of like uploading things that stress okay. me out always. And, you know, I, as an overthinker, I have to just be like, I'm prepared. I went in, I did my best. It's over. I'll get a call if I'm called back. But with self-tapes, it's like, I can't do the, like, I don't know. Well, there is something like uh, acrobatic about, it's like this one time in the room, this is what I prepared for you. And then if you're lucky enough, you get notes and you're like, okay, we're in business now. Yeah. But they don't have a TV screen showing you your image while what we do now. And that's what kind of has taken over completely since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But that old room, like, I mean, I mean, I remember even traveling just for commercial auditions for your 30 seconds in the room. And yeah. now it's all put yourself on tape and you're looking at eyelines. Like that's supposed to be my son on the zoom screen to the top, right. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. this is so bizarre. Yeah. And then also it's like, I saw uh, a meme or something that or comment maybe on TikTok where someone said, if you're able to get through a self tape without verbally abusing your spouse, who's most definitely on the other side, (laughs) like you're safe because the level of like stress. And then you're also like almost having to like cast somebody opposite you to get the right kind of read. Yeah. That's like, how many friends do you really have that are available can come over, can read the lines that like almost like they, and then you always get the comment. Did they, did they ask about me? The person reading, did they say I was really good? Did they ask, like, I've, I've gotten that in the past too, which yeah. is great. And I'm like, no, they didn't, they didn't mention you. Yeah. Cause um, then they're always like, wait, I should be going off with this too. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to picture Tom uh, reading the lines and him really giving it a hundred percent. Of course. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So the podcast earth to Ariana, you guys, like I said, go subscribe. 
It is a conversation about friends, about pop culture. What do you have coming up? Will you be doing any special BravoCon episodes or anything hmm. like that? Um, yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm bringing my stuff with me to BravoCon. So I, I'm really excited about the guests that I have. I don't know when this is coming out, but my guests- It's coming out, it's coming out tomorrow. Great. Well, then- Today. This is perfect, you guys. So this I'm is where you can go subscribe now and follow along the journey. Yes, I'm very excited about the guests I have today. Who's um, the guest today? Sirius, somebody who I've been following on TikTok for so long. Um, it's like your non-binary, your non-binary Persian bestie, and that is so true of their energy. They bring this um, sense of love and supportiveness and just joy and beauty to just every time their face pops up on my TikTok feed, it brings me so much joy. So I'm very excited to have them on. And uh, yes, I will be doing a BravoCon something. Yeah. Uh, I'm bringing my stuff with me. That's coming up this weekend. So um, I fully plan on trying to get a little bit of the behind the scenes. Yeah, you got it. I mean, like, what and you really like people... People really are satisfied with, I mean, like, it doesn't have to be a, like, people are just so excited to even hear the minutia, like just the little moments of like, well, I checked into the hotel. You're like, whoa, you checked, you saw a hotel? <laughs> well, that's what's so funny is it's like, there are things that because of what's transpired in my life over the last few years, things that I never would have thought I would be able to say, like, what is it really like? You know, like an award show. Yeah or whatever yeah, you're keenly so like, aware of what pop culture is and now you're a part of it which i think is yeah, just so, so i'm bizarre. like i want people to also be able to know because i have those questions as well you know i'm always wondering like i mean there's th some things i'll probably never get access to things like the met gala and things like that of that wouldn't level. that be great if the met gala does like reality shows as a theme one year that'd be sick <laughs> <laughs> Kanye is dressed with a Jacks but, uh, bandage over his nose. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I, I'm very excited to tell people what things are really like, because again, yeah. there should be no, I believe there should be no separation between people who are quote unquote celebrities and people who are not. So yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, distill, like, or get do away with that myth in a sense. Yeah. Um, here's, like, here's what it's really like. Here's why it's stressful. Here's why it's really cool. You know, things like that. Uh, favorite moment that you've had on the show thus far? Mm. Well, all my birthday parties have been very, very fun and very cool. And I feel like I've had like the best. Like I've had some really great birthdays. I mean, the Game of Thrones, the makeup on the Game of Thrones one that you shared with Stassi truly was like next level makeup. <laughs> that and was Jared. We, I, oh, Jared Lipscomb, who's been on the show yes. many times. We love Jared. Yeah. Be the match, you guys. That's his charity yes, organization. Make sure. Um, but that was truly next level. And we were texting earlier and you were like, oh, good. I can go home and uh, bug Tom to get out the Halloween decorations because <laughs> yeah. nobody should be like, I thought Tom would be the one to have the Halloween directions or uh, decorations already out, but you're the one having to push him. So Tom is like a Christmas guy and I am a Halloween <laughs> gal. So he loves a costume going out to the party. But when it comes to like decorating the house and the outside, when it comes to Halloween, I'm like, I cannot it's embarrassing to be a house on the block that doesn't have Halloween decorations. Not that every house on the, like there's some, yeah, yeah. I have decorations out, 
but I'm like, I have to lead the charge. Like I can't be slacking on that. Like people need to know that the lady that lives on the corner is like kind of really into Halloween. Like I need that to be my identity in the neighborhood. But Tom is like very into Christmas. So yeah. yeah, because I think Tom treats the whole year as Halloween. He's dressing up in like Jedi's. <laughs> he's dressing up like, I mean, I think I literally had a, a meme like a couple of years ago about all of the costume you guys have gone as. Like you got yeah. X-Men, Jedi's, like all of this stuff. Yeah. And I don't even think half of those were for Halloween. So like you guys, I mean, he just <laughs> yeah. dresses up. Um, yeah. You should do like a haunted sir at your house, like decorated like with those oh, that purple God. and then just zombies. Oh my God. Yeah. Zombies <laughs> yeah. with um, the San Tropez dresses on. <laughs> um, uh, what are you listening to right now? What's your like, Ooh, what's the music that makes you the happiest? Well, I saw Rufus Dussault last night, the Hollywood Bowl. Did they disappoint or were they killer? They were amazing. Okay. They got everyone thinking that they're breaking up. Why? What did they do? Did somebody smack you somebody or? So, okay. no. Okay. So like three, four songs from the end of the show. Um, I don't know their names. Um, hot guy. Number one said hot Aussie guy. Number one. Rufus, said, duh. And soul. That's their yeah. names. Yeah. So Rufus was like, you know, we're so lucky to be able to play here. He's saying that, you know, they worked on this album and this music, like five minutes from the bowl. So to have they they move together uh to Los Angeles all together, blah, 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 this stuff. And then at the end of it, he's like, and he um he do <laughs> we <laughs> was moving to San Diego with his wife and kid, and Soul and I are moving to Miami. And he said this, and we we're kind of half paying attention. Yeah. Um, and he said something like. So this is, you know, our last time here together as a unit. And everyone was like, what? What do you And then Dew was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know you were going to say all that. (laughs) And then that's what made it seem like. (laughs) But now I've been Googling stuff all day. And it sounds like he just meant that they're not going to be living together in Los Angeles anymore. But I guess there were rumors that they were going to break up at the end of this tour. So I, mean, I like to think all of bands using and stressful. I, I love to think of bands living in the same house together, like Big Brother. Like if you're a bit like as a kid, I always thought you two lived all together. Like I always thought, like why <laughs> they they they're like brothers, like they have to share a house. Like that's yeah. boy bands have to do that too, you know. Um, I wanted to ask a couple of pop culture questions because you're a big fan of pop culture. Uh, this year and a half or two years has been uh, huge for Britney Spears. And I know you're a huge fan of hers. What do you think? I mean, this is, this could be eight hours right now, um, right. but like, yeah. what do you think of how she's been treated? Uh, everybody will always talk about her Instagram posting, which I argue of like, that's what being free means. Exactly. I post idiotic shit on Instagram all the time and yeah. I get celebrated for it. Like, I don't see the problem here. <laughs> what do your, I'm barely celebrated. What do, like, what do you, what is your take on all of this? Because I know she has such a yeah. soft spot in your heart just for her music and what she means in pop culture. Mm-hmm. The, the last couple of years, what does that mean to you? Well, I love her so much and I'm so proud of her for speaking out. And the, when she posted those YouTube videos where she just, it was just her speaking, you know, a voice note. Um, I'm so proud of her for speaking her truth. And the way that she did that to me is so badass. Like I'm, I know everybody's clamoring for an interview, you know, an Oprah sit down with Brittany and she's like, I'm just going to put it out on YouTube. (laughs) 
and tell you guys. And I feel like when you really get to hear her speak and tell her story like that, you're like, right, this is Brittany. You know, she's always been this like strong, very um, independent uh, person who has so much sass and so much to say. And I think that like what you were saying, people talking about her Instagram, they're like, is she okay? Is Brittany okay? And it's like, well, first of all, no, she's not okay because she has so much trauma that she needs to work. Yeah. Why would she be okay? Right. And also, <laughs> are you? I'm not. Yeah. But I mean, none <laughs> of us anyone are. anyone like... okay? Really? <laughs> yeah. No. But again, like kind of what you were saying, like everyone wanted to her free Brittany and everything. And then it's like, they wanted her to be free, but in the way that they want. Yeah. So they want her like, on yeah, stage again. Really they want her. About. Yeah, exactly. They want her JLo. They want her to be JLo. They want her to be yeah. like thriving. And in a way, just being free is probably thriving to her. Exactly. I mean, I, I just get pissed with the Kevin Federline stuff with those release of the videos Ew. with the Hate kids. Her. And I was like, wait a sec. My mom has had those outbursts to me when I've been disrespectful um, and they I'm released sorry, those, those. Like, yeah, those videos, by the way, that he really thought he was fucking doing something with that. Oh, he really, he, like, really he was thought. like, this is way better than. Yeah. Fit oh, club. And yeah. This is like so bad. And then I watched that and then to see what, what him and, I mean, I feel bad because they're, they are kids, but to see what they've been, what they're saying, it's like, y'all sound like fucking spoiled ass fucking brats right now. Your mom saying that you need to respect her is somehow looks bad on her. No, it looks bad on you. And the fact that I think Kevin wants to be more of a friend than a dad. And Brittany was out there being like, when you're staying with me, like you need to respect my rules and things like that. And it's like, yeah, because that's what you do. It's your mom. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red or white or rosé or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. 
Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Wait. It's cold. Put your shoes on. How you can't go, you yeah. know, like, which by the way, Brittany knows just from her past. She was exactly. running around in flip-flops with her frappuccino. She knows she's like, hey, no, this is yeah. Not and she also that. knows that like they're also gonna be looked at in the pot. Like if people see them take a picture or whatever, it's gonna be a thing. And it's gonna yeah. be go back on her because people are gonna be like, Oh, she's a bad mom, her kids are walking around barefoot in stores and blah blah blah. And she's like, no, you need you when you're out there, you're fucking representing not only yourself, but you're representing our family. It's like well, it bumps me out because it's like she's even like that ability to try to be a mother is kind of taken away from her or judged yeah. in such a way. And I juxtapose that then with how we deal with Kanye in this world. And yeah. it's just been so interesting of like Kanye is allowed to speak ad nauseum. I've never heard somebody bitch so much about not having the freedom of speech, but have the <laughs> freedom of speech while they're bitching. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, all yeah. I do is listen to you, man. Like you, you have so much freedom of speech, but we treat these two people differently. Neither are mentally well, nor should they be. Um, but also it's like, I see one person wanting to heal or hoping that she'll heal. And then I see one person actively fighting uh, yeah. doctors, medicine, Western science, all of these things. And I'm like, you see these kids look up to this. Like I, you know, my, my nephew yeah. looks up to this and I like, I used to love, I, I, I love aspects of his music and all that, but there's no place for mm -hmm. hate. There's no place for anti-Semitism. There's none, yeah. no matter if you are mentally unwell. No. And that's the thing is it's like being anti, an anti-Semite, being anti-Black, being all these things that has nothing to do with being bipolar. So that's, that's what I made the mistake the other night. I posted a story. I've said, I know he's sick, but, and people were like, and that, and that was like a bad on my part because people were like, yo, I'm sick. Being sick doesn't make you hate Jewish yeah. people. No, being sick doesn't I'm make you hate Black people. Exactly. I have friends who are diagnosed bipolar. They're literally the most wonderful fucking people. And there's nothing, 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 nothing about them or their diagnosis that would then cause them to behave in the way that Kanye behaves and the, and the way that he, oh my God, him going on Tucker Carlson. It's just, I know. And then I, I mean, cause I do what I do and I'm just, I watch both parts yeah. and I'm like, this is like an SNL sketch, but it's real. And I don't watch Tucker Carlson normally. Yeah. So I'm like, this is what Tucker Carlson does. Like I was like, just uh, shocked yeah. on both accounts and they're just letting him just spew things. And I was like, this is wild. But if Britney did it, like, you oh know, Tucker would, yeah. Tucker would keep coming back of like, lot of crate, lot of, lot of interesting ideas, but crazy. Definitely not. Like he would like be like saying like how great this man is, but Brittany, you wouldn't get that same thing. And I always think that's no. interesting. Um, no, because even when Brittany did interviews with like Diane Sawyer and Matt Lauer and shit like that, she wasn't saying anything bad. She was, and people were fucking lambasting her left and right. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that Matt Lauer interview? It of course. Yes. Awful. 
And Diane Sawyer like fucking verbally abused her. She was fucking crying in this. Inter- I don't. I went back and watched that Diane Sawyer interview, like because I remember watching it live and now watching it going, oh, my God. Like we we used to talk. I think we've talked about had this conversation before about like how you view pop culture now. Like but when we viewed it back then, I was the one refreshing Perez Hilton all the all the time. I was I mean, the one. To be fair, refresh- Perez Hilton was where you could get any sort of information. Or yes, so I was things like that. It's not like there were a lot of other places to get that, but his brand of personal commentary on those things was fucking disgusting. What do you think now, 20 years from now, is going to be the thing we look back on and go, oh my God, we treated this person like Britney. Oh my God. Oh, um, fuck. I don't know, actually. I mean, there just seems so much now. Back then, it was like easier. Well, not easier. It's just we had, we still had pop stars and movie stars and TV stars. And now TikTokers are stars and all that. There's so much going on at all times. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit worried. I'm worried right now, not to say that we're, she's being treated like Britney is being treated, but I'm a, I'm a little worried about Cara Delevingne. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with her, but I, I, I may, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. No, 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 no. That's, I mean, I, I, I read the daily mail religiously and they'll always have a Cara Delevingne article. Like, and she'll be like barefoot bruises everywhere. Outside of the, um, jet sweet X, the Burbank. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. She was, she was a Jay-Z wearing a Britney Spears t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, like those are the ones that you're like, if you do study pop culture, those are like, you know, it's like, I remember that like when Lindsay Lohan was in her time where she was getting pulled over all the time. And it's like, it almost becomes like this vacuum where things are going to keep happening to you until something really, really bad happens. Yeah. And then, and I, I worry because I mean, obviously I don't know her personally, but you know, she's someone who like when she first came on the scene, just modeling, it was like, whoa. And she had the eyebrows and everybody was like obsessed. She's so beautiful. And I just hope that, you know, that she's okay. Yeah. I, she's, uh, that's that actually she's not okay. Um, uh, okay. So uh, what are you watching right now? What do you watch? I know you were a huge fan of Love Island and yes. that is over <laughs> for the year. And you were watching yeah. all, you were watching the USA one, the Australian one, the British one, the UK one. What all. else do you watch besides TikTok? Uh, <laughs> a lot of TikTok though. Um, <laughs> I watch i love the amazon rings of power show oh my god somebody my my sophie my co-host on monday is like obsessed with the amazon show right now i love it and i've seen people online call it boring yeah and i'm like no it's just that you've been watching it's like you forgot what lord of the rings is like it's kind of slow it it kind of the pacing of lord of the rings was never in any of the movies or anything it was not this like Game of yeah. Thrones style like situation, but it's so beautiful. I mean, eighty nine million dollars an episode. You can tell that there's yeah, they spent a billion dollar, a billion dollars. You can really see this. the money on the screen. <laughs> and I love the worlds that they've created. And every time they show like a new, you know, town or area or whatever, I'm always like, oh my god, like it's so beautiful. Like it really. And like some of the shots, like there's this one episode, I think it's like episode three or whatever. And Galadriel is on this like pink horse. It's like, I don't know if the horse is like, I Googled it and I forgot what I found out about it, but it's like, 
has blue eyes and it's like so it's like clear yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know it's so stunning and she took your breath away and there's all these close-up shots of just like her blue like silk outfit blowing in the wind and like the whole and i was like okay i'm a horse girl I'm for it. i was like i'm gonna cry it's so beautiful like but i love that show <laughs> um do you dabble besides love island in any other reality shows yourselves do you deal with any kind of bravo shows or is it best to keep that just to work uh kardashians um, at all no Kardashians. Um, I feel like because I didn't get into the Kardashians early on that now I'm just like, I don't even know. Like I wouldn't. Yeah, it's hard. My dad watches my dad watched his first episode a couple of weeks ago and he was like, this is disgusting. He's like, he was like, <laughs> he was like, this is. And I had made him watch Beverly oh, Hills that same night. And he was like, oh, God. this make he goes, this makes Beverly Hills look good. He was like, wow. he was livid. He was so upset after watching the Kardashians because really? he was just like. He had no idea. He like, I know them, but like, this is what it is. He's like, this is gross. This is, is not it? right. Okay. It's so just like a like? celebration of wealth now. It's like, oh. they're like, I mean, you have Kim's private jet. You have them. I mean, it is the oh. most, but it's like always, if they had actually turned the camera and show their actual life, it is so much crazier than like, right. we see this as aspirational. And at a certain point, we have to realize that Kim deals with Kanye still. This ain't aspirational, you know? No, Yeah. Poor Chloe is out here just. Oh, oh Chloe's getting her heart stomped on oh. all over and over. Um, uh, I met her you, and she was so freaking nice. I bet she is. She watches our show. And she's Does so she really? Sweet. See, yeah. that's. And she like literally like it was like we like I I would say said hi. And then she was like, oh, my God. Hi. How are you? She, like literally like the sweetest person. And obviously I don't know her beyond that. But just that like interaction of her being that kind, like in that moment makes me feel so bad for the shit that she's gone through. And I just don't feel like, you know, I don't think feel like she deserves that. But no, I don't watch Kardashian. Um, I don't really get into Bravo shows just because, again, I feel like they're all they've all been on for so many seasons that I almost feel like to try to get into the, a lot of the like housewives and stuff now, but I do kind of follow along like online. Yeah. And you see on, you see on Instagram, you see yeah, up like, Oh, sure. it looks like they're mad at Lisa this weekend. Yeah. And know? then sometimes I get like behind the scenes, like tea, <laughs> I can't go, but I'll be like, mm, actually you might not be mad at that person. If you really knew. See, but, and that's, I got a comment yeah. from Logan the other day that I need to actually text him and find out what it was about, but it was about mm -hmm. Kathy Hilton. And I was like, what do you, what is this? This is very secretive. And I was like, damn, what is this about? Um, I know, but, it, but the, I do like pretty religiously watch like the drag race shows like drag race us. Yeah. Um, I love drag race. So um, that's kind of, do, do you have 20 more minutes? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, uh, okay, so uh, a listener, uh, well, everybody's saying we love her. They're also saying you are the, uh, Camille says, how does she feel about being the hottest woman alive since Bridget Bardot in her prime? And she goes, I know Bridget Bardot is still alive, but for me, Ariana is the new version of her. Uh, then there's a big, very lesbian. I said, when, then there's Lindsay saying, when is she please be a lesbian again? Uh, I'm like, You're, I, it doesn't, I don't think it just turns off like a switch like that. Yeah, I don't think um, I, I was never, or I wasn't a lesbian, so I can't be 
a lesbian <laughs> but I know what she means. Yeah, you know, it's like a compliment yeah. at the end of the day. Fine. Um, I, I understand what she means. This is just a good one because we are celebrating Mental Health Awareness Day, which I didn't know until I read somebody's post. And I know you are a big proponent of that. What are your favorite self-care habits? And, and this mm. person want to know any advice to get out of a funk? Because I think you're like me where I'll just really go under and oh yeah spiral yeah yeah um honestly it sounds so annoying my best hack is exercise <laughs> oh dear okay this is good talking to ariana we All cannot right. trust yeah. her <laughs> <laughs> i know it's like literally Wait, what about drinking diet coke cool. and vaping is that any does that do anything <laughs> like honestly diet drink sometimes that works as well but okay. yeah the best hack is i've found to like put music on and do some sort of exercise, whether it's just like some yoga, some stretching, some, something that gets you out of your head and just like into your body. Um, because, and especially like with music, I feel like it's easy to almost disconnect a little bit. I found that that is actually the best thing, which is annoying. Um, and like touching grass, I mean like going outside, yeah. And like somebody always tells me like senses, like sensory, like yes. check in with your smell, check in with your sound, like your ears, check in with what yeah. you taste, check in with those things that remind you that you're actually on this earth. Yeah. And I read someone said, maybe it was on, again on TikTok, but somebody said, um, when you are experiencing that like level of anxiety, you're not present. So you need to be present. So when you're in your head like that, you're not actually here. So you, if you, yeah, touching things, count ceiling tiles or something like, you know, look at the wallpaper and be like, how many birds are there? Something that yeah. truly puts you like in that physical place and time and out of whatever's in here. And these are the same things they would tell me like before I went in for auditions, cause I would get super nervous. Mm. They would be checking with all your senses. Cause it's another form of anxiety when yeah. you're like thinking about an audition um, how do you wake up in the morning? Like, do you, do you, are you, do you wake up grateful? It takes me like five hours to wake up and I'm like upset yeah. to be here. Like, how did you wake <laughs> yeah. up? How does Ariana Maddox wake up? Uh, well, I am not a morning person like at all. And not just in the sense of like, I struggled to get up, but I, my brain, I feel like just does not function properly for a while. Yeah. So if I have somewhere to be early in the morning, right. And I get up, I will all of a sudden become like very like a bad driver because it's like my like even simple things are like yeah. I forget something or my socks don't match like there's it's just my I'm not firing on all the synapses yet yeah. um but I I get up um at 8 a.m and damn I know well I thought I, you were gonna say like I noon or something I, I, my, oh my eyes God. my alarm goes off my eyes open right okay but i'm still in the bed and then usually tom will make me a oh yeah you guys got that coffee set up in your yeah. bedroom yeah um and that's he every day makes me a latte it's like my favorite part of the day and then it's i uh, usually discuss um uh, then i open my email i get stressed out i put my email away and i have to kind of like <laughs> just do something stupid while I drink my coffee. So I have to like um, play animal crossing on my switch or something just to yeah. kind of get into things. And then um, 
And then I'm able to start answering emails and things like that. But now does yeah. Tom is he's like just like a whirling dervish around you while you're doing this? I feel like he just bounces off walls <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, like, do you have to tell him he to go? He would to the love other to room? hear you say that because he always wanted to be a ninja. But um <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen him dressed as one actually. Yeah, yeah. So it was his dream as a kid. Um, no, actually, you know, he usually he'll go downstairs, he'll make me or from the one in our room, make me a latte. And then he puts on his gym clothes. He's like a morning exerciser. I'm a nighttime exerciser. So he'll go in the gym and he'll be like on the You guys are both disgusting. Like this is disgusting behavior. I do not recommend exercise at all. This is just I'm never allowed back on a negative. (laughs) What a negative interview this has been so far. Um it's no, that makes sense. sense. Um uh, okay, so going uh, wrapping back to the show, um, do we know when this is going to premiere? Will we potentially see a preview or a trailer at BravoCon? I'm hoping. I don't know if you know yeah. or if you're even allowed to say. I actually don't know. I hear like rumors, but those rumors come from like you know five different. T- like I don't even know. Well, I know I'm about to turn right into Bravo right Con. Now. Last BravoCon, remember we did get a trailer. A- a trailer or maybe it was even the first episode but oh there's no way we'll get the first episode no yeah no way we started filming much later this season so like this year than usual and BravoCon's next weekend and we just finished september 17th so i don't think that it would make sense but a trailer sounds like something that they could pull off um i would love to see a trailer uh, i think yeah (laughs) Oh, um, and then I don't know about a premiere date, but I know that in the past, it's usually been like a December or January thing. So I kind of assume that that's when they'll do it, but they haven't told us anything. I think they do that on purpose so that we don't know anything so that we can't. That That's really smart though. Like, I don't think they, I don't think, I think they should keep things from you guys because you know, you don't, I mean, yeah. I think there is an element of surprise that I find really exciting about these shows. Yeah. Um, but with the advent of social media now, it's kind of everything's on steroids where we get so much of everything. Like we already supposedly in our minds know that, okay, uh, Schwartz got pulled over at Sheena's wedding and made out with somebody from the cast potentially. And then Katie's upset over here. Like we think we know everything. Mm-hmm. Is there still surprises for us this season that we don't know? Oh yeah. You think, you know but you have no idea. Oh, stop. Oh my God. This well, is I just, a diary of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is real, true life. <laughs> no, um, cause I want to, I want to, is there any way I could, would you mind if I sent something to Dumois saying you and Tom broke up? Just, it, it, <laughs> I haven't seen one this month and I just want to make sure. I we know keep, we uh, need another one. We've got to keep it going at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, they're going to be really weird at Bravo cons or just give them space, you know? Honestly, I wish that I had like the guts and the gall and the gumption to all throughout BravoCon, like kind of like play this ruse that we're broken up. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder sometimes if you guys do that kind of stuff of like, I I mean, it would be so tempting to do a Nathan Fielder and mess with people. But the sad thing is people already have these misconceptions. I had said on your show, I was like, I had heard a rumor that like at Coachella and I was next to Raquel. Oh yeah. And you're like, that I Raquel was had made out with Schwartz. And I was like, Schwartz isn't even here. Like I was yeah. like, how did <laughs> I like, I was like, I haven't even seen Raquel kiss anybody. Like how did this happen? Yeah. And it was the first time where I was like, wait a sec, people just make up things. And this was this year, you guys, I've been doing yeah. this my whole life. And I was like, 
wait a second. <laughs> like I was like, that's literally this. so true. Sometimes you're like, wow, people really will just make things up. And, and it's I kind mean, of like funny, but it's also like, wow. So they, yeah. I mean, I could make up whatever. I know that's right. But it's like this weird, like, and then I was like, what would I make up? Like, what would, what would be something that I would be excited to see? But then when you start thinking about that, you're like, this is exactly how people think. Um, And then you watch TV shows where someone's like, that's not true. Why would you say that? And you're like, but what, if it's not true, why would they say it? And then you're like, oh, right. Cause people can just make shit up. Like you could have a fellow yes. cast member on your own show, just literally make something See, up. That's why I'm not for bigger government, you guys, but I've always said we do need to like prosecute on reality shows. Like if we get somebody in a lie, we need to prosecute at the high because it you need rules for these things to like fly. You can't just have people making up stuff. Um, speaking of that, this isn't about cast members, but like people that have like left, like, do you still have any contact with Stassi? Would you have any contact with Stassi? Um, it, would you ever have her on your show? I guess. Um, I don't know if I would, well, maybe, I mean, never say never, but I mean, yeah, yeah. We're, we're cool. Um, we definitely certainly not, certainly not talking every day or things like that, but if I see her or she, we see each other, it's always nice. It's and, cordial. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice. And we all, you know, it's always like, you know, we always, I just feel like this is just people, us being in our thirties and being in LA or like, we have to get together. <laughs> I've been doing that with people for like 10 years. The pandemic really saved me on a lot of those things. Like I was able to like, can't go out. But now I realize I don't, I like my friends have like dwindled, like everybody's had babies and stuff. And I'm like, I have no more friends anymore. Yeah. And with everyone's schedules, like, especially with my friends that have kids and then my schedule is also crazy minus the kids, but it's always just like to try to coordinate get togethers and things like that. It just in life is general, but yeah, we're cool. Uh, and you and Jax, you're probably pretty cool too, right? That's, uh, you know, but you see, by, by the way, I say Jax, I know I, I have a soft, like, listen, I have a soft, no, I have a soft spot for disliking Jax. It's always one of my favorite topics. Cause I yeah. think I don't know the man, but from what I've seen on TV, it has just been very interesting. And I actually even yeah. bought something from his eBay store. I have his Rambo lunchbox. <laughs> and I, I haven't, I haven't, un- I haven't opened it yet. Cause I want to do an unboxing video. Oh and my god! I got Can an email. Don't you have something from like Erica Jane's husband's law firm or yeah, something? I mean, I have like 30 somethings from Erica <laughs> Jane's law firm. I have, I have a huge oil painting of Tom and his brother that is. we That's won what... over my bed, like oh over my, my actual god. bed. Um, but yeah, like, and then I got an email from like whoever runs Jax's eBay account was like, please leave a positive review. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I left a very specific review about an episode of his from, but oh, I'm not going to, he's off the show. It's not, you know, um, Lala, you had made up with, I believe we saw you at her live podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you good? And do we get to watch any of her journey? You think this season, um, away from Randall and did that situation shock you at all? Um, Yes. I, well, you'll definitely get to see her journey and what life is like with her this season. I mean, just by the nature of following, you know, all of yeah. us during this time. And that LA Times article about Randall came out like yeah, right. Amy Kaufman. Yeah. And listen, you know, sometimes you hear rumors and you're like, 
no, again, people make things up or whatever, but then to see that article and like read all of that stuff, I don't think anybody really knew that that was kind of like the level of the what level. was going on with him. I think it was more just like, oh yeah, that guy's obnoxious and shady and, you know, he's kind of sketch and I think he's really bad with money. Right. But you're like, I'm not. I'm yeah, not, but you're I'm like, I, I'm bad with money too. Like I, I'm, I'm a thousand. Yeah, like, and I'm I don't bad, spend you know? a lot. I wasn't spending like a ton of time. You know, it's not like I was yeah. around this person a lot to be like really digging in or knowing a lot. Um, but I think everybody was somewhat shocked, but on a level of like, well, you know, kind of yeah, makes sense, you know. Um, and then uh, finally, to, to wrap up, like, what about your journey? Like, and I know you've had some losses this last little while, and I'm so sorry about that because you just are such a genuine person. And I know you're full yeah. of love for those people. Um, I don't imagine we will see some of those journeys because I know you've had to leave filming at certain times. And that was even, we talked about on your show, got wrapped up in rumors of like, oh, Ariana had to leave and there must be some kind yeah. of breakup or this, you know, but you were actually dealing with some losses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But do you feel like you actually got to go through a journey on, like, do you look at reality shows like that of like, oh, I actually went through this journey this season? Um, I think maybe in some time, maybe I'll be able to look back on it and see like what that journey was or really. Yeah. Because right now I feel like it's still so recent and it's hard also to know. I don't know what's going to be shown or not shown. Um, but I, Oh my God, there's a moth. Holy shit. Okay. Breaking news. There is a moth. Okay, this is huge. A moth just flew a, Dumois, there was a moth face. that flew directly into Ariana's face. What the fuck? Um, okay. But yeah, I, I guess I feel like I'm, I feel like I came into this summer just like ready to hit the ground running, ready to party. And life said, fuck you. And life said, fuck you. Honestly, yeah. life said, fuck you. And so I don't know how that's really like, also, how does that translate? I don't know if it's going to like make sense for people watching or whatever, but I do know that, yeah, it was a very hard summer for me just in general in life. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's, I wanted that is to life. be fucking party party. No, I remember texting you. Like, I remember texting you at the beginning of last season before pandemic. You were like, I'm ready to fucking party. And I'm yes. like, that's the attitude we need. That's the summer house energy we need. Well, um, you know what? And you almost got it. And then was that fall yeah. last season real when you, at your birthday, when you bam, bammed? Oh yeah, that was real. Okay, Cause it was so loose. <laughs> it was so loosey. It was like, so I love, like, it was like, Perfect, like crap <laughs> ball. It was like bam, bam, and I was like, "That is so dead on funny." Oh that I was like, God. "Is this?" A- um, uh, <laughs> okay, and then uh, okay. So basically, Vanderpump Rules ten Earth to Ariana is the podcast. You guys, I'm telling you, go subscribe. Like you already know her, you already love her, but you also might not fully know her. And this is the podcast I think to do that. Uh, I would trust Ariana every day. So I would go to this podcast and subscribe. And also I know you might think, oh, big star, whatever. You don't need to leave a review, but do that. Leave five stars. This is a new podcast. And like we say, podcasts are everywhere right now. And you figure she's fine. She's a celebrity, but no, I'm telling you, go do that. Go rate it five stars. Um, and, and, and what else is coming up besides BravoCon for you? Uh, well, DFH, my company drink from home, we have some new things coming out very soon. What is that? Like we order from them and then you show us how to put these drinks together. Yeah. So basically, well, our first, 
our prestige product is our cocktail box. Um, but we will be coming out with some more things. Um, so you have to keep an eye out for those announcements very soon. And you can follow um, that on Instagram. It's not guys. just cocktail supplies. It's also drinking game, um, instructions on how to make the drinks, obviously. And QR codes you can scan will take you to videos of me showing you how to make it. And Spotify playlist that I made specifically for that box. And that's kind now of what that I actually am really, I love your music taste. So that I'm super yeah. into and fancy AF cocktails. I forgot you guys, their book that was uh, with Danny Pellegrino, but it is, I have three copies of this book. I bought one for my mom after she borrowed mine. And actually, so we always pick, well, she does. She always picks a different fancy AF cocktail during the holidays <laughs> now, since that book came out and she'll always be like, tell Tom and Ariana, I made a cocktail. Aww. And I'm like, like, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell her mom. Your mom and is a star. She, Becky Bailey is a star. And, um, uh, is it, we're working with quick Katie, even after all the short stuff. You have to watch and find out. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to do that thing where podcasters will throw something out and I just right? totally tanked. Um, <laughs> will Katie be there this, this weekend? Yes. Yeah, probably. Probably Con, yeah. What, what up Katie? <laughs> okay, Ariana Maddox, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Ryan. Folks, now is the part of the show that I love the most. We get to talk about our sponsors. Once again, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by our friends at Splendid Spoon. Now, uh, we are coming to what I am told is the end of the summer. So we're, we're getting back into busy season again. I feel like it's been busy season all summer, but for a lot of people, busy season starts now. And that means you're going to have less time for grocery shopping. You're going to have less time to pre prepare meals, just less time in general. But don't worry, this is not, this is not a big bummer because our friends at Splendid Spoon are there to help. Splendid Spoon is totally awesome. Uh, let me just give you an example. They sent me a box last week. I got another box from them. You get to pick out from like 60 choices on their website and you get to pick out like grain bowls, smoothies, juices, all like amazing, all fresh ingredients, all healthy, but all tasty. And for me, you guys listen to this. It, it like, okay, my Thursday Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap, I had gone through the day and I started that recap and it was like three and a half hours or three hours for the actual recap. And midway through, I was like, oh my God, I didn't eat. And it was not a problem because I didn't want to slow down working, but all I had to do was walk out of my room, into the kitchen, into the fridge, grab one of the, uh, th this amazing noodle bowl that I got from them, put it in the microwave. And in less than five minutes, I had a great meal. And I was able to have the energy to finish talking about these housewives. And it was awesome. You don't wake up. I mean, I don't know. There's something about Splendid Spoon food, too, that I love because I don't wake up feeling horrible after I eat it at night. I feel good. Um, I imagine that's because of like the fresh ingredients and stuff, but also it just, it saves time. It's easy. And it comes right to your door in this prepackaged thing. That's like all iced. So when you get the food, even if it's been laying on your front step all day, you bring it in, it's still cold. You put it directly into the refrigerator and you are ready to go. Um, like I said, you can choose from over 50 ready to eat meals shipped right to your door on repeat from breakfast smoothies and lunch bowls to noodle dinners and light soups for reset days. And like I said earlier, you can easily customize this to fit 
what you're looking for in your meal plan. It's 100% plant-based, which is huge, gluten and GMO-free, with plenty of vegetables, legumes, healthy fats, whole grains, and spices from around the world. Plus, eating plant-based food can have benefits like improved energy, sleep, digestion, and complexion. I got to tell you, I'm not going to give it full credit, but I think it's helped me grow this magnificent mustache that I have going right now. I really think, I really think the mustache is growing on me, you guys. Um, and with Splendid Spoon, it is so easy to add more plant-based meals into your busy routine. So I'm telling you guys, give this a shot. At least try it for a week and see if you dig it. Cause I totally do dig it. And they also even have like these energy shots you can order. It is so cool. Um, so this is the call to action. You guys, Fuel up for busy days with Splendid Spoon. Get started today and get $120 off your first three boxes at SplendidSpoon.com forward slash so bad. That's $120 off at SplendidSpoon.com slash so bad. That'll be in the show notes as well. And remember, go check this out. See if it's something you like. It really does help the show when you do these things. But on top of it, this stuff actually is really good. It is a product that I am using and I do highly recommend it. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. We do, we do, Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. Bapa do bapa dee dee dee. Welcome to your Southern Charm reunion recap, episode one of the reunion. Very exciting. Uh, I'm very excited that we're almost close to the end of another season. Sure, that's exciting. But also, this was actually a good reunion, I think. And the funny thing is, you guys, I watch these shows multiple times. 
And I, in my old age, I pick, I pick up on things each time. Like I'm, I'm not even talking about like, I get a little bit wiser at each time I, no, like I actually like, I'm like, I completely forgot that scene was there. That's wild. Oh my God. Olivia was crying towards the end backstage for totally space that. So it's always good that I watch these multiple times to uh, be able to really give you the best the best overall view of Southern Charm that you can possibly have. Now, uh, thanks goes out today to Sarah Chater. I think Chater, I think I'm saying your name right. She gave an overview of the notes. Now, this isn't a direct line for line reading of the notes, which I usually do, but then I also did a transcription app. So between these two things, and me watching it three times by memory, we are going to try to give you the best Southern Charm recap experience that you will have. Uh, of course, these reunions always start with the same thing, and they're always exciting. It's backstage footage, people bringing in their luggage and their suits, and, you know, Shep being scared. By the way, how many people saw Shep's leg just shaking the entire time on the couch. He's like, what are you talking about? You know, then Austin was very tanned, very tanned face. Uh, Craig, you can tell he dropped the 20 pounds that he was very proud of. Craig, you know, listen, I can make fun of him all I want. The dude kind of feels like to me a supermodel. He's a very attractive dude. And like I said on Monday's episode, I believe Craig gay baits Andy. I believe he knows he flirts with Andy nonstop. I truly, and I, and I think Andy truly loves it, right? So, uh, also, this is the first reunion for Taylor, um, not Naomi. Naomi is back. Um, uh, Lev has done one before. Vanita, it's her first one. And of course, Olivia, it's her first reunion as well. And as Austin puts it, when they first come on stage, it's like, oh my God. We're totally outnumbered. It's three guys to all you girls. And at the same time, I feel like the guys still get a the main chunk of story action. And I feel like we need to change that. I feel like we need to change that. Also, we got our first look at Southern Hospitality, which I have been talking about all season long, which is Leva's spinoff show that we've been hearing about for years where she is the title character like Vanderpump Rules, like Lisa was. But now I wonder if Leva is kind of pissed that they called it Southern Hospitality. Um, like, I would want to, like, I would like, Lev, uh, Leva, Le, Leverage, like, what what could you call it? Lev, leverage a job. Like, I was trying to put Leva's name in there, like, uh, Leva Ja, Leva. Anyways, a name's going to come to me, but I wonder if, or bon, Bonaparte, ooh, Bonaparte rules? Is that, because it's Leva Bonaparte, right? Leva Bonaparte rules would be kind of interesting. Uh, but regardless, we see this happening. And I have to say, I really liked Leva's first season. This season, I got to say, especially with the finale, listen, Craig acted like a jackass, but I, Leva was didn't really seem to want to be there. And also she didn't participate a lot of the uh, activities this season. And it almost felt like she was there because she had a show on Bravo and needed to keep showing her faces, her face on this show. So we knew her, but at the same time, it just didn't feel genuine to me. I could be wrong. She feels very judgmental. And maybe that's why her Southern hospitality show might do good 
uh, might be good because she is in that driver's seat, which is where she seems to want to be. Also, I hope they bring her son back to see if he's gotten any better with his cooking skills, since every damn scene that Level was in this season was with her dog or her son cooking something in the kitchen. I swear, it really disappointed me that at the end we didn't have like a buffet made by this kid in the season finale. Like that would have been nice if the kid cooked all the food for Craig's uh, sewing down South party, but alas, I, but you know what I'm saying? Like Leva, I don't, does she have a likability pro, uh, problem to a degree? I just don't know if I feel like I completely know her and I don't know, like it's one of those people we're used to the men on this show thinking their shit doesn't stink, but Leva really sometimes seems like she has this attitude, like her shit doesn't stink. Um, but you know, listen, I, I can't, I'm going to still watch the hell out of Southern hospitality. Hell Yeah. Um, so we all have these people, Andy's coming in. I love that these are shot in New York. So Andy just walks from his apartment he's like, and he's so used to doing reunions by now, but you can tell with the Southern charm ones in particular that he loves doing them, that he's very at ease. You know, I'm sure he goes into the Beverly Hills ones cause he flies to LA for that, that he comes in really tense because he also knows a lot of those ladies are just miserable and miserable to deal with. But Southern charm, I think he has, it's like when he does the summer house one, I think he's like, yeah, I like the young energy. All right you know hot dudes to look at i think he i mean i think that's how he goes into these things um uh the beforehand scenes you have taylor um taylor kind of saying like oh my god shep shep tried to pull me aside and ask if he could talk to me and i was like no good taylor good Shep needs to learn a hard lesson. I don't know if he'll ever learn it uh but also how fascinating that we got that demois um the Demois blind this weekend that we talked about on the Pop Culture Roundup where Austin and Shep's ex, Taylor, were spotted at a bar together. And even after this first one, I think a lot of people said, wow, they seem to really care for each other. Could Austin and Taylor ever date? Now, Taylor, we know, is good friends with Olivia. And Olivia obviously has an issue with Sutton. Um, Sutton. Issue with Austin and they tried dating, and you can tell even through this reunion that it did not turn out exactly well, and she still has her feelings hurt about it. But can we go there? Can we get toxic like that? And if we can, I believe Taylor has definitely another season on this show. I was trying to see, like, oh, how can they keep Taylor if she's broken up with Shep? But I now, if we have that Austin thing, I think we got a really nice entrance point. But then why do we keep Olivia? You always got to wonder in between seasons why they choose to keep who they keep, and who they let go. Now, of course, Craig, Shep, and Austin, no-brainers. Madison, remember, she came on as kind of a friend of, and she will be, she is married or will be married and has a son, so less likely to see her. Uh, Leva is obviously going to Southern Hospitality. Who knows if she'll do both? And Vanita, I just, if Vanita comes back, I just need everybody to stop using her as a punching bag. Like, literally. It feels like, they pick on the easiest person sometimes, and I want Vanita to come in with this season Sutton Strack energy and just be like, how dare you, Madison? You're the biggest phony in Charleston, I say, I say. Like, I want that Sutton energy from Vanita next season if she comes back, but, you know... I don't know if she will. We also saw see a lot of scenes uh, from the reunion. They always show us what we're about to see. You know, I know that's called like a tease. They're teasing the episode. But also it just feels like, man, we're wasting time here. Let's just 
why don't I see the scene about the the great meatballs in like we're gonna see it in a second? Did you need to tease that? You know, like we're going to see all of this happen. If I'm watching Southern Charm, the chance is I'm there for a reason already. You don't need to sell me, like you know, like I'm I'm not gonna be like, wait a sec, this preview sucks. I'm not watching it. Like I'm I have to watch. It's like a curse. I have to watch these things now. Come on. Um, so all of this is getting ready to take place. The reunion excitement is in the air. And, uh, you know, Catherine also says in this that she is watching Shep become Thomas Ravenel right before her eyes. And I thought that was a very powerful statement. Uh, Craig is uh, fixing people's pocket squares because, you know, these guys really care about their suits. Vanita says she's doing Barbie core as her aesthetic today. Um, so, uh, also Vanita says she might lose some friends today and she's okay with that. Uh, so we see them all sit down and Austin, uh, that's when he says, Oh, oh my God, we're so outnumbered. And, uh, you know, Austin, like Andy's like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. And Austin's like, yeah, what's up? What's going on, man? I'm Austin. All right. So we start the reunion uh, the excitement is in the air. And I got to tell you, within the first 10 minutes, I mean, Taylor annihilates Shep. I, I feel like that. And a lot of people are being very critical of her because she used the word whores. That's spelled W-H-O-R-E-S for all the kids watching or listening at home. Uh, and I don't necessarily, uh, I think in the way she used it, she was saying her she herself was. But I also, we'll get to that moment and I'll try to explain a little bit more about what I mean about that. So the Southern Charm season eight reunion starts now, Andy Cohen says. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Southern Charm season reunion. I'm Andy Cohen, joined by the Charleston crew to break down another season. Hey, everybody. These are always my favorite part where Andy goes, hey, Craig, how you doing? Good. Good, man. Good. Yeah. Happy to be here. Just, you know, um... Uh, and then Andy's like, just so you know, you don't actually have the authority to kick anyone out because that's what he did at his holiday party with Leva. And Craig's like, oh, of course, I won't, I won't do it. I won't do it. Okay, okay. Uh, and then he's like, Vanita, Olivia, Taylor, welcome to your first reunion. And they're like, we all dress like Barbies. And like, oh, yay. And uh, Andy goes, Olivia, who gave you the best advice for today? And she says, Leva and Catherine, they said, it's just best to remain calm and be yourself. And Andy's like, amazing, amazing. Um, and then he's like, Catherine, how does it feel to be back on the couch? Uh, it feels great. It feels great. It feels great. Um, so also we find out that Catherine has gone back to her original hair color of red. So Congrats go out to Catherine on her new hair color. And she says she is going to keep this hair color for a while. So that's very exciting news. Um, so uh, then Andy also asks, hey, Shep, what's going on? Is little Craig enjoying the married life? And Shep lets us know, and I let you guys know on this program a couple of weeks ago, that unfortunately hit little Craig and Peaches split up. Because Peaches found out that little Craig had an active doggy Raya profile on his doggy cell phone. Um, but they actually have split up. And, and so Andy was like, oh, kind of like uh, 
kind of like little Craig's dad. Ooh, first burn. And we get these shots of Taylor throughout, you guys, that are just really uncomfortable because you can tell she is just really, really bummed still, you know? Um, okay, so... Uh, we also get the moment of Madison. Hey, Madison, you know, um, last season you had revelations from last season's reunion that may have led to Benefer because you flew to Miami to be with an ex-MLB player. Uh, is this someone that you have, uh, someone you had DM'd with? And we had that scene where Madison said, yeah, yeah, he, uh, the MLB player, Jennifer Lopez's X-A-Rod. He's like, yeah, he contacted me and, and that. And then we go over to Austin. Hey, Austin, your hair looks great today. Are you using any new products? And Austin goes, you have to ask the hair and makeup girl, apparently. Uh, which, by the way, I wish we would have seen more of that because you know Austin was probably flirting flirting with hair and makeup. Like, Austin should just have business cards that say, hey, I'm 6'5". What up? Austin. That's my name. Um, so... And he's like, great, great to see everybody. Great, okay. Well, this season, many of you found out that the hardest part of running with this crew was running into your exes. You know, nearly everyone in this group has shared one love or another. Madison and Olivia have both been with Austin. Catherine shares some commonalities with Naomi and Taylor. Uh, are there any others that we don't know about, Andy says? And then Madison speaks up and is like, oh, well, I think Thomas and Olivia, right? So... Madison, out of the gate, says that Olivia potentially hooked up with Thomas Ravenel. Like, zoiks? What? And Olivia's like, wait, what? What? That's so random. Did you say Thomas? And Olivia's like, yeah, he's a family friend. I'm sorry. He's like, where the hell did you pull that out from? Did you pull that out from your fake ass, Olivia says? And then Madison's like, no. It's actually a real ass. I'm telling you, man. Madison seems like she potentially is an asshole. Like, but she makes for good TV. She's one of those people that speaks in sound bites and clips that you pass around. Like, oh, check this shit out. And she's got a really good attitude at this reunion. She's playing it perfectly in the sense of she's getting those sound bites in. She's fighting and picking fights with the right people. And she's also flirting with Austin throughout this hour, which then pisses off Olivia. So she's doing everything right. She is what you would like, you know, those old like uh, like dynasty or uh, Melrose Place. She's the villain here and she's really enjoying it and she's really good at it, you know. Um, but uh, so they're going to be bickering back and forth. So just settle in and get used to that. Uh, Andy says Twitter uh, ran a poll about which Southern charm male would make the worst husband. And Andy goes, who do you think uh, people voted the most for? And everybody's like, uh, worst husband? I would say Shep. Shep, definitely. And Shep's like, I'm here for it. Bring it on. Okay. Like, he's trying to be positive about knowing that a lot of people dislike him in regards to <laughs> his dating habits. And he's like, yeah, okay, bring it on. All right. And Andy goes, okay, well, that is true. 53% of people uh, said that Shep would make the worst husband, but coming in a very close second is Austin. And Austin's like, God, there's only three of us. God, there's only three of us. And he also is like, man, like Craig comes out looking good by default for the love of God. It's just, it is truly wild 
you know, there are certain some people on reality shows that just start looking good by default. And I think Craig is one of them because Craig has proven to have so many issues this season and how he speaks to women, his anger, all of that stuff. But then Craig, at least at this moment, is faithful. So he he wins in this battle by default. But then Austin and Shep are so out there. Shep is more proud about his douchebaggery in terms of women. But Austin is the one that tries to, like, play both sides of the fence of like, oh, man, I just I love to touch girls, boobs and butts. Like, I'm sorry about it, though. Like, I feel bad. He's like always feels bad for his bad behavior. And he's very quick to point out his male counterparts, bad behavior. But he never kind of feels like he truly looks inward. But he'll tell you that he's looking inward. He's like, I'm doing the work, man. Like, I'm doing it. Like, I don't want to hurt anybody. And I genuinely believe that. But then sometimes you don't factor in your own actions to that. So it's like, well, yeah, you know, I've got a tip, Austin, on how you could stop hurting people. Stop putting your dick in everybody that you meet on TV. Like, that's that's just going to be a hard rule. That's going to be a rule number one. In fact, do you think, I mean, let's just talk, let's talk turkey here, folks. Do you think any of these guys will hook ups with a normie at BravoCon? Like, I truly wonder that. Do you think any of these guys will be ballsy enough? Do you think there's a corporate email that goes out with Bravo that's like, hey, guys, let's all have a great BravoCon, Bravo Labs. Uh, Anywho, just want you guys to sign off on a couple of things. Uh, You can't sleep with anybody with a general admission pass. Um, We're going to need you to really. And if you do, you can sleep with people with certain VIP passes. But you're going to have to get them to sign a waiver. And this is some bad news. We're going to have to have you wear a condom. Also, it's going to have to be a branded condom with your show's title and when it airs. Okay? Now, if you can agree to those, (laughs) I feel like they've got to set. Because you know what I'm saying? Like, some of these guys are probably going to tear it up. Because Bravo fans, they're pretty, like, they're really good looking. So, I would imagine game's on like somebody and this isn't like a prize or anything but somebody's gonna wake up each like a different person each night in Shep's bed I think I mean that's the shit that scares me that's the stuff like by the way I want that BravoCon panel on Sunday of like shit that happened over the weekend that we're not supposed to talk about that is the BravoCon panel that I want to sign up for okay and we are back. Uh, it's so funny. I have taken like a seven hour break. Well, I was, I I interviewed Ariana, which you maybe heard just before this. And I had already recorded like the, like the first 25 minutes of the Southern Charm recap really didn't get, make a dent in it. And now it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm finishing up the Southern Charm recap. Woo. Listen, these notes are a little disjointed. I also used a, uh, this, uh, app, to try to try to like it's one of those uh transcription apps that i tried for the first time and it's like it's horrible like the transcription app because i was trying to get line by line and it says i'm trying to think like it'll say like this correct this season you revealed that you're quite the same texture that start with page or have you always been into it what the fuck does that even mean what does texture and then i'm like oh yes we we are now at the part at the we're at the beginning still where Craig uh, where Andy's like um, hey um, you know you revealed this season that you're super into sexting is is Paige into that have you always been into it and Craig I shit you not you guys to me this was the creepiest line read of the night he was like um, he was like I've always liked um, I think it's a good way to feel your partner out. 
for what they're into with having to do it face to face. Like he got really slow. He got really slow with it and serious. He goes, sometimes I can be a little shy and maybe I'm not as shy over texting. I was like, oh, my God. And the sad thing is, all you women and men and, and dudes out there probably were like, that's fucking hot. And I was the only, I was like, what the hell? No, no. And he's all, like, tan and hairy, and he's not wearing underwear, and, you know, Andy's even salivating. And I'm like, this has got to stop. This is not, if I had a family and I don't, I would not let my kids watch this Southern Charm reunion. Um, so, uh then Andy, he's like, hey, were you ever on the receiving end of a sext from Craig to Naomi? And Naomi's just like, you can tell she's scared. She's like, and he's like, okay, fascinating. Um, and then he's like, Craig, you're both in long distance relationships. Is it actually easier to date someone who doesn't live in Charleston? And Craig's like, yeah, I mean, it works. It's like, he's like, this is my most successful relationship. But, you know, temptation exists. And once again, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, what are you What are you doing? You don't need to be this honest, Greg. What? Temptation exists. He goes, temptation exists everywhere, you know? And then Taylor pipes up and he's like, yeah, you just got to go fly somewhere and find it. Texas, anywhere. And then uh, everybody's like, oh, shit, because this is the big. And they're like, Shep, were you Tomcatting around Texas? And Shep's like, we had a lot of fun. Like, we were, I was in a new city and I was having a good time. Correct, you know? And I, by the way, am a single man. I don't see it as, like, a capital offense, you know? And I'm like, yeah, we we know, man. And it's not a capital offense, right? Like, it isn't. But I'm more curious. Like, Andy, these are where the follow-up questions need to happen. Because I'm like, okay, Taylor, where'd you hear it? Where'd the conversation come from? Somebody in this group must have confirmed it with you. I want details. Um, And so then this is the Taylor monologue. Now, she has gotten... Weirdly, I think a lot of heat from this. I've read even things on my Facebook group where people were saying that they 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 were like it, it was too much. It was like too rehearsed. She used the word horror in it, um, which they didn't appreciate. And I just took this way differently than I think other people did. And I'm not saying I'm right, even though I mean probably I'm right. But um, I'm joking. I like when I get cocky and then I apologize for it. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Um, So Taylor, she launches into this monologue. And I got to say, it really does kind of break my heart a little bit. And people keep saying, well, she was with him for two and a half years. She should know. She should know. And I'm like, wait, no, because Taylor is the type of person to believe the good in everybody, you know? So she says, You told me that you were not capable of being in a committed relationship, Shep. You don't want to be in a committed relationship. You need to figure your shit out and figure out what the next step in your life is, you know? Um, So so are you telling me A, B, and C and all your actions were X, Y, Z? And Shep says, correct. And then she goes, so you went out, you partied, doing God knows what, hooking up with women in Texas. Poor Texas. They've been through so much. I mean... She goes, do you even know her name? So now you've wrapped me into this slew of horrors you have fucked, and now I'm just a number. And that, and she hits the that, which is kind of an actory thing where you, like somebody might have told her hit, and that is what fucked me up in the head. 
And I got to tell you, I was totally affected by this monologue. I thought it was so effective. And she goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I'm sorry you feel that way. And that is, that's just, I mean, listen, I don't know what else he could have said in that moment. He's keeping his cool completely. He is not getting riled up, which is even more frustrating. And she goes, two and a half years, Shep. And he goes, yeah, that's not a number. That's actually, that's actually a long number. And Taylor's like, I was just the, the whore that lasted the longest. And everybody's just like, damn, bro. Like Craig's like, oh, shit. Like everybody is just like, oh. And Andy goes, Shep, was it, um, was Taylor your longest relationship? And Shep responds like he should be getting an award. He's like, yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've never been this serious in my entire life. Like, you know, there should be a trophy coming out of like, you got super close, Taylor. We're like, oh my God. Just like you missed it by like a minute. Taylor returns with, he has been searching for it the entire relationship. And Shep cuts her off and is like, for what? And Taylor goes, searching for other women. And Shep says, that's not true. And Taylor goes, looking for it here, making out with people there, texting people, whatever. He was searching for it. So now that he is single at the age of 43, he's using women to masturbate. And there's a close-up to deadpan face of, like, Austin and Naomi because they've used the M-word, masturbate. And, you know, like, but listen, I totally got this. It's weird vernacular, but at the same time, that's what he's doing because he's not considering these women equals. They are someplace. They are a home for his penis in some ways. And listen, it seems like he's upfront and honest about that potentially with these women. But Taylor is saying, you can do better. Taylor was banking on the fact that he could do better. Um, and she goes, and you're just tossing them to the side. And that is messed up to do to a woman, Shep. And Naomi purses her lip. Taylor continues, you are hurting women and you're hurting yourself. What number are you gaining? What, what do you want to go to? You've been through 300 women. What do you want to get to a million? You want to get to a million women? And Shep responds, what are you talking about? I don't even know how to count that. You know, like, and he's like, I'm not using women. And Taylor goes, do you like no anything about me? And Shep goes, I'm not, I'm not using anybody. And Taylor goes, you were with me for two and a half years. Do you know anything about me? And Shep goes, I think I do. <laughs> and Taylor's like, okay, do you know my favorite color? What is it? What's my favorite movie? My favorite animal, anything. And she goes, you told me, you've told everybody that you're capable of being a committed man, a trustworthy human being. And Craig tilts his held back with a smirk. He's like, oh, I mean, Craig's face in this is just wild. And Chef chimes in. He's like, "I didn't, uh, I didn't try at all, huh? Two point five years didn't do, didn't do anything for you, yeah." And so uh, Andy goes, "Okay, I'm curious in the group." If you think Shep really tried in this relationship, now Leva, Catherine raised their hands, and then. Um, he Shep got support from Madison, Naomi, Craig, and Austin. They so sorry. Leva and Catherine didn't raise their hands, but Madison, Naomi, Craig, and Austin raised their hands saying that they believed Shep did really try. And my thing is this, of like, oh, how dare they stand up for Shep? But listen, the question was, do you think Shep tried? And for Shep's abilities, he probably did try. He is just not capable of that. That is not an excuse, guys. It really isn't. But, you know, thank God now... And probably, you know, the sad thing is they're probably going to get back together, I bet. You know, I mean, or the Austin, who knows? It is a tangled web these Southern charmers weave. But it is one of, it, this was really right in the first 
pocket of time. So it was like, holy shit. Like my, I was like, whoa, this was so wild to watch. And I was like, we just started the reunion. My God. I thought this would be like in the second part of the reunion. And Taylor came out with the monologue immediately. So um, Taylor's like, do you, do you want to consider it? Like, do you want to do better? Or do you think you ignored? Um, and then she goes, I know you could do better, Shep. I've seen that side of him that is like so pure, raw, real, and capable. But you choose otherwise, Shep. And I don't get it. And Andy asks, uh, Shep, do you know her favorite color and favorite animal? And Shep's like, Ugh, green, I would guess. And Taylor's like, nope. And I'm like, damn. And Shep's like, an animal is her new dog, Penelope? And that was a big no on that one either. And he's like, well, what's my favorite color? And, uh, and Taylor's like, you told me it was purple. And he's like, what? Because I'm wearing purple? Huh? And, he, and she's like, no, because we walked and we went by a house and you were like, that's a purple house. I love purple. And at this point, Madison is just laughing because she is. Listen, when Madison, Madison truly is just a friend of. So she probably is having the best time up on that stage of all the people there. And uh, Shep says, I mean, what a silly trite conversation. And Andy goes, what's his favorite book? And Taylor goes, probably his own. And everybody's like, boom, mic drop. It truly did make me proud of Taylor. Now, it's just really weird because it's like as if this was my buddy, I would be like, dude, why did you? Because the other point that she did make, which I totally believe, is that he was searching the entire time. Remember, he was still on dating apps. He says it was just when he went over there, but he kept it active. He was always there in the background going, what if somebody else? There's always going to be somebody as cute, if not cuter, you know, or just somebody that'll be willing to make out with him for a night because those are good feelings, right? And in Shep's world and a lot of men's world and even some women's world, you know, they are number one. They go after their own desires. So she never had a chance. And maybe, like I said, I said last time, you know, this reminded me a lot of Jackson Brittany. Like if Shep, by some horrible chance, had something bad happen to him this summer, Taylor would be the first one there for him. And that could potentially get him like, you know, with Jackson Brittany from Vanderpump Rules. Who knows? So that happened and uh, it was just it was brutal, you guys. Uh, and she goes, now on to Catherine Dennis um, and Naomi. Andy asks about the custody battle. Is there anything that you can share with us? Because also, remember, Catherine has not been on a lot of episodes this season. And they said there was some kind of potential domestic abuse. There, there are pictures going around with uh, Catherine with a black, black eye. We don't know who did that. The, you know, it, I, I don't think it was Caleb or Cleb or Chubbs or whatever you want to say. But it is wild how somebody can fully go out of your life, come into your life, go out of your life, and not even make it to the reunion. You know, I think that is really weird that he didn't even get a pop up. So listen, that must have ended even worse than we saw it on screen where he didn't even show up. So she's also had a long going custody battle with Thomas Ravenel, um, who is just uh, allegedly a piece of shit. I don't know. And she says, can you share any, he, can you share anything with us about the custody battle? And she's like, yeah, I can share that Kenzie opened a lemonade stand Sunday and made $42. And I was like, dude, we could have made more, dude. Kenzie, next time come to me, we will, we'll get it into the hundreds. And she said, and her son Saint read his first book to him and was very, very proud. And Andy asks if anyone still has, still talks or has seen Thomas. And Shep says he saw him at a bar downtown recently. And he goes, he was his same old self. And 
he's like, sometimes you just can't help, like, just grin when you see him. He's like such a larger-than-life guy, you know? And like, listen, I want to talk to you guys about that. Larger-than-life guys, they're so romantic in the moment. I don't mean romantic in the terms of like male, female, like rom-coms. I mean, you romanticize life, right? Like the Hunter S. Thompsons, the beat poets, the people that sucked the marrow out of the bone of life, you know, is these people that like, oh, I had my best drinking nights with Thomas one night, or oh my God, we partied all night long, and he was saying the craziest things. We've all had people like that in our lives that we partied the hardest with. But these people, it usually ends up sad because they don't really, um, you know, their families usually are a mess. They're great for a night out at a bar. But also, Shep, you know, it paints this weird picture to men out there because it paints uh, Thomas as somebody to idolize. Like, you can tell there is that weird part of Shep that feels like, man, someday I'd like to be him. Even though Shep knows that that's not a good thing. So I always think that is interesting when they talk about him and Whitney to a degree, but Whitney's kind of, you know, Whitney's Whitney, you know? So, um, so she says, uh, I don't think Catherine grins when she sees him and Shep's like, no, of course not. Uh, we find out that Chubbs, uh, Catherine's ex left Charleston and now lives in Miami. It's quite a change, right? And they have a segment of Caleb and Catherine's ups and downs. And that started off at the beginning of the season at Catherine's birthday party when they had that conversation with Vanita where Chubbs was just like, yo, if you can say some nice words to Catherine. And Catherine, remember at the end of the night, she looked like she had had pimple cream all over and just all red face. And she was like, you betrayed me. You betrayed me, Chubbs. And he's like, no, I didn't betray you. What are you talking about? Um, and then we go, you petty little bitch to Naomi and Catherine and Naomi, this, you know, they have their little back and forth and Catherine at this moment gets defensive and says, when I was stomping around Naomi, she said, I know exactly what face you do when you're mad. And Catherine's like, this is all bullshit. This is all crazy. And, uh, I guess what really pissed Catherine off was that she brought Cameron and she says, Cameron and Naomi and everyone on the show have done and have brought up shit and done shit to Catherine on the show. And Catherine's like, you've said the shittiest things about me that did in, did indeed get used in court against me. And Naomi says, she's never talked about Catherine in the court filing. And Catherine says, yes, you fucking did. Um, so this is a really hard conversation because Andy does say in this, I've known you your entire adult life. I've known you since you were a 21-year-old girl, you know? And she's what, like 32 now? And we've seen the ups and downs of Catherine. And yes, Catherine does have a hard time taking responsibility for things, but I feel like this is a person that like a lot of guys use to, you know, to use uh, Taylor's words, you know, like used to masturbate to, to be foul. You know, and I think that could really mess with somebody's mind. And we see that. But listen, I, I don't know. You can just see this still is a very troubled person that probably has to deal with a lot of issues on a day-to-day -day basis. And I would never want to be involved with the Thomas Ravenel in terms of the legal power that he has behind him, you know? And I, I think also it's hard because, you know, Catherine's like, you always have this condescending mean girl thing with me, you know? And with Naomi, come on, even if you like her, you have to admit I mean, she does the condescending mean thing to even Craig. She's like, Craig, are you still sewing? <laughs> you know? Uh, Leva speaks up and says, this is your own trigger. And Catherine's like, stop, Leva. Did you hear what I just said? I'm just, let me say my feelings. Let me voice what I feel. Stop shutting me down. I'm trying to express what I think. And Leva's like, okay, Catherine, go ahead. Go ahead. 
And Catherine says, Olivia or Taylor? And Leva smirks. And she's like, that's what we're here to do. Express our feelings. So um, they say, Leva, do you think Chubbs was right about Catherine always being the problem in the friend group? And Leva goes, I think so, but who am I to know? I mean, that is kind of... The more I think about this in the eight hours before I film, like, uh, am recording, you know, when I recorded the first part, I was like, I just don't get the thing of having Leva be there when I don't think she likes any of the cast. And I don't know how much the cast likes her. So it's like a really odd man out that I hope they're jamming down our throats because of the show Southern Hospitality, but I don't know. You guys, you know, you guys get that. And it's not anything personal about Leva. It's just like we can sense when somebody doesn't want to be there, but they're there. I don't know. It's like a really weird feeling I get. Um, Leva continues that she had to put everything to bed with Catherine. And Andy says, hey, we need to talk about those disgusting meatballs with the jelly you brought to Friendsgiving. And maybe you should stop cooking for men. And I was like, Andy, you probably should calm down. Catherine's going to like ram you. Um, and Chef's like, I really like those meatballs with Friendsgiving. I like them. It was good, you know. Um, then he asked if the relationship with uh, Chubbs was staged because of her racial insens- insensitivity from two seasons ago, remember, with the monkey emoji and all that stuff, and they cut to Benita. He then asked them to raise their hands, and pretty much everyone raises their hand. And uh, so that was pretty intense. Um, so after a dramatic, uh, they say, after a dramatic breakup with Austin, they talk about Austin's butt, and then we see Shep's butt, and like flat butts, and big butts, and just butts all around. Um, and then we get the hard-hitting question from Andy Cohen, Austin, why haven't you seen Craig's dick? And why do you want to see Craig's dick? And Austin's like, it's just been too long. We've been like friends and like, it's not like we should see each other's dicks, you know? Like, like, I got to tell you guys, I know I'm not like a bona fide card carrying dude, like a bro, but I don't, like I've seen my friend Dusty's dick. Like that was by accident when we were camping in high school. And like, but I don't make it a pattern to like, look, and I didn't have the friends that were like, let's pull out our dicks at parties. And like, I feel like, I feel like maybe I should have. And like, I missed out on something like for the guys listening out there. Like, I mean, was there a lot of like dick waving parties? Like, I'm not even like, I'm only half joking here. I'm like, I almost think this is like a rite of passage that I just wasn't invited to. Nobody was having me wave my dick anywhere. And now I feel like I see these and Austin just like, yeah, like, and then we go on to find out that Austin and Shep, they showed each other's their dicks in front of Madison and Taylor. Like they're, they're, they're double dating, showing each other's dicks. And Taylor's like, oh yeah, it's pretty much like the same dick, which by the way, now that makes it even more interesting if she truly will date Austin sometime, because then she knows what she's getting in for. She's seen Austin's dick, you know? Um, Listen, I can't believe I do this for a living either, you guys. I, I will say that. Um, and also, Andy just really perks up during this whole conversation. And I, this is when I say Craig gay baits big time. And Craig's like, uh, Andy, will you help us explore our sexuality? And Andy's like, of course, I would be happy to facilitate that. And <laughs> so uh, we get back to the Austin and Andy brings up that he was uh, like, you know, he called himself very vanilla in bed like the 50 shades of gray. And we cut back to that scene with Catherine from earlier, earlier this season where he's like, I don't want to be hit. I don't want to have candle. I don't want to have candle wax, put on me, and I don't want to be hit and stuff. And, uh, but then Madison goes, Hey, 
he's not boring in bed. Something must have kept me around for three years. And Austin's like, yeah! And you can tell he's happy, but you can tell Olivia's pissed. Like, wait a sec. That's not cool. And this is the part that they also talk about Austin's uh, sister. Um, And it's a very personal moment that we saw earlier in the season when he helped unpack his parents or, or sorry, unpack, move his parents and Craig and Shep went with him and he had a sister that died uh, when he was at a young age. And then uh, he talked about that and going through her stuff and we see that. And that's what I do, you know, as intense as that is, it really does give a foundation to these shows where it does make you empathize with Austin. It does make you realize there is a person there. Even if he does treat women like shit, that doesn't, you know, mean he's not a person. Like there is this person there, a sensitive person. And he said once his sister was born, uh, you know, it kind of saved his family. And that's why he is so close to his sister now. And we see that she went to Friendsgiving and she's like really funny and it kind of breathed new life into their family. And I just think that is amazing. Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> go on a break and we come in after uh austin i i don't know it's, it's like i i mean what is is craig and austin like the favorites of the show like shep has just been there since day one but he never gets he never gets the girls thirsting after him like craig and austin do and like i've said in previous recaps i do wonder if shep's like fuck I should have I should have broke up with Taylor earlier so I could go to Winter House. I need to bang Sierra. Oh. So um they start talking about this sister thing, and we see that during this, Taylor gets up and walks away because I guess Taylor's sister is going through cancer right now. And, you know, Austin says, you know, she's a, you know, she just feels very deeply and 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 she's very connected to my emotions, which was a kind of a interesting thing to bring up. And they really like each other. So she left and she's like crying backstage about her sister, which, listen, I totally get. And I hope her sister's going to be okay. Um, so also during this, uh, <laughs> we, Leva gets, Leva says, uh, she finally like wakes up and goes, Craig, you literally said, do you want to go to war with me? I'm the most popular person on Bravo. And she goes, you literally said those words to me. He's like, I don't remember saying those words. And he's like, you said it right in front of Paige and me. And Craig's like, oh. And then Andy goes, okay, we'll come back to this. And I'm like, no, Andy, no, we do this now. This is when we do this. No, this is where I like, no, Andy, no, you don't come back to it. They brought it up naturally. Let's go with it. But Listen, we've known this for a long time. Craig thinks very highly of himself. And Craig is, I think Craig thinks of himself as Mr. Bravo. And I think to a degree, Paige likes the thought of a Mrs. Bravo. But I also think Paige has a lot of other stuff going on. Craig thinks of himself as the Elon Musk of Bravo. Truly, he is the Elon Musk of Bravo. He's sewing. He's building a house. He's trying to be with Paige. He's giving her cheese balls to eat. He's doing it all. And he's the king of Bravo. And I like that he didn't say, I just thought he said he was like the number one guy of Bravo, but he said the number one person of Bravo. And I'm like, oh, my dear sweet Craig. No, 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 no. Like, Craig, are you aware the Housewives exist? Like, do you know your ratings compared to other ratings? Like, you're popular, but like this week at BravoCon, you guys, we've got to make sure we're there to meet each other as much as the Bravo lebs. Like, don't feed their egos too much. In fact, I would sometimes go, oh, Oh, are you Craig? Oh, hey, man. 
Oh, you're on the Southern Charm show. Oh, I like that. Oh, congratulations. And then just leave it at that. Go, oh, um, hey, can I get a picture? My sister would freak out. Like, do one of those. Do one of those. Also, at this time, Madison says Olivia's homely. Wow. Um, <laughs> before this, Olivia says, uh, said Madison is so beautiful, and she takes it as a compliment to be compared to her because they're talking about um, Austin being with somebody that looks like Madison. And she's like, I thought Madison said I was homely. So they're always going to have uh, an issue with each other because Austin, and then Austin, you can tell, is just, there is something that he digs about women fighting over him, I think. Uh, we also bring up that Sierra and Austin spent the night together during this season. And he's like, I wouldn't have done it if Olivia hadn't brought a date to the wedding. And then Craig is starting to defend his homeboy. He's like, I guess we didn't call home with Sierra to hurt Olivia. I guess Austin, like, I said, Austin, you're going to go talk to Sierra? And, you know, and Olivia goes, yeah, but did you tell him to do it naked? And she literally goes, N-E-K-K-I-D. In the closed caption, it says naked. You you didn't have to do it naked. Naked? Naked? That's, by the way, that, and next time I get naked with a person, I don't, you know, baptism, I don't know. I'm going to say, you want me to get naked? You won't get naked? Naked. <laughs> you got you naked? Let's get naked. <laughs> I don't know. I love that. I wish I wish she was more a more popular character because we can make naked shirts. Let's get naked at Sewing Down South. Yeah. Um, but we still don't really like he obviously slept with Sierra that night, and I love that it's under the auspice of like we really had things to work out. And it's like, yeah, your penis had to work out with her VJJ. Like that is, <laughs> I'm so sorry, mom. Um, so, and he's like, are you guys in a relationship? What's going on? And, and they're like, and Olivia's like, no. And Austin's like, no. And they're like, Austin, you seem sad. And he coughs. He's like, <clears throat> I guess like I never wanted to lose her because it would break my heart. And I, I guess they, you know, they did date after filming you guys. Uh, for a bit, but they went into a gray area. So I guess it was like huge swaths of time in between everything. And Austin didn't want to commit. Right. And then I guess we did get to a point where he was like, yeah, I do want to be with you. But she was like, then she wasn't ready. And it turns out like, then he was like, okay, cool. Just want to check. Like it was one of those things where he waited too long. He came back and then she said, you know what? I don't think I'm into it right now. And he's like, cool. Peace. When she, I think, wanted him to fight a little bit for her. Um, so they go to commercial break. We come back. We're talking about Madison's engagement. And Catherine gets asked if she would date a Mormon because uh, Madison's dude is a Mormon. And because she's like, I love how slick he looks. I love it. And I, No, sorry. I love how Salt Lake City <laughs> looks. They go on to talk about Madison's sex tape. And I guess she made one with her fiance. And I got to tell you guys. That is just what we call a good investment, right? Because if times are tough down the road, Madison can sell that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not even, like, my, I'm like teasing, but at the same, I don't know why I'm whispering, but at the same time, she can sell that shit. Like, she can sell that 10 years down the road, puts her son through college, boom. Like Kim K. Hollywood, you know? Like, you're like A-Rod's mistress. Like, do, like does a double header. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, honestly, like if she, if, if like, God forbid this couple doesn't make it, which I'm sure they totally will, but like then Madison can like sell that. You know what I'm saying? That's like, 
That has value. That's like property. Um, I don't know if I'm looking at the other way, but I think that could really make some money. Um, so she's asked if she, Andy asked if she ever did one with Austin and she goes, no, no. And then they talk about Latter-day Saints and say he isn't a practicing Latter-day Saint, a Mormon. Uh, someone asked if Austin and Madison were hooking up right up to the point where she got engaged and they both firmly deny that. And then Madison says, you were my friend and now we aren't friends. And Leva says, I think Madison likes to get a rise out of Austin. And I think that is completely true. I think we all see that, right? That is a very clear thing. Um, and I guess they were trying to be cordial until she got engaged and then Austin felt betrayed by Madison because she didn't give him a heads up and he's all salty all the time. And we saw that. Listen, guys, once we get hurt, like we make the small things women do into huge emotional, just minefields when we do huge things to women. I mean, we fucking destroy and then we wonder why women are so hurt. But like women will do these little things or they'll tease us or they'll be like, you know what? I'm actually just moving on. We'll be like, you fucking crushed me. What did you do? Why are you doing this to me? I love you. We, I mean, we're such wussies. Like truly, I'm saying this as a wussy. Like it'll be the smallest. No, <laughs> please love me. Because that's what I'm kind of half thinking Shep will get to of like, love me again, Taylor. And then he'll get her to love her again. And then I'll be like, psych. <laughs> you know? So I totally see the, Ma- I see the Madison and Austin relationship. And I also see that Madison does get a kick out of, I don't think Madison loves Austin, but I do think Madison gets a kick out of that guy that's hung around for three years and she can still hurt. I think there is power in that. We get to the part about Vanita and Madison fighting and Austin's like, are you guys friends right now? And Vanita's like, and you know, Vanita and Madison look at each other like, no. And this goes to the, the, the point, um, do you guys remember the dual birthday party that Madison and Vanita had? Um, and Vanita says, so like Leva remember texted Vanita about Madison and in the show, Vanita said that Madison grabbed her phone when in reality, Vanita was like, look who just texted. And so Vanita totally lied on camera. Now, this is what I told you during the recap. If you've listened to all these recaps, I said, this makes no sense. She did not grab the phone. She did not grab the phone to play music. I'm telling you, Vanita showed it to her. And that is exactly what happened because it just makes sense. If that is your homegirl, you're going to show her the nasty text that Leva sent. So Madison's like, fuck you, Leva, and fuck you, Vanita. And this is... This makes me mad because it's like, this is one of those things where Madison feels super comfortable saying, like just getting in Vanita's face. And this is like kind of just more of that thing of like, why does she get to be the punching bag? So not even so much, but like the viciousness in which she's punched and you can tell it hurts her. Like you can tell she's like, okay, okay, okay. And to get a dressing down on national TV, there's got to be a little something more, you know, like we when we get dressed down in real life, it hurts. But on national TV, I think there's something potentially even worse because you have to relive it again and again and again and again and again and repeats or listen to some podcaster talk about it, you know? Uh, also, we cut to break and Austin's showing Catherine mean tweets, which I was like, where am I? Like, what the fuck? Did I not? Like, I feel like I get totally ignored in podcasting meanness and mean tweets. I'd never get brought up on these shows, which actually... I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm kind of glad. I think I don't think I can handle that. I don't 
like I, as much as I talk shit, like you could blow me over like with one word and I don't want to be in fights with anybody. So like, I like to believe that these are characters in a show. Like this is like a metaverse and these people don't even exist. And now that I'm actually saying this out loud, kind of scared to go to BravoCon, don't really want to bump into any of these people, but I'm excited to meet the fans of the shows. Not, you know, so, um, <laughs> I think, uh, Olivia's distraught that she isn't, uh, dating Austin. So I guess she's crying backstage and I'm just like, what, like, how tall is this dude? Like, why are we giving him this much power over everybody? It makes no sense. Um, so he's like, I guess she wanted me to fight for her. And Andy's like, this seems like a pattern for you. And Madison goes, that's true. He gets angry and the truth does hurt, doesn't it? And now Madison and Olivia are fighting again about Austin and she's defending. It just, it's crazy. And Madison's telling her to let it go. And Austin says, you know, I don't mean to Andy. I don't mean to. It's just like, you know, like what? Uh, and, you know, Levitt chimes in to give some bullshit advice. And Levitt says, this is why they date younger girls. And Chip's like, you might got a point. You, like these, I think, I think you're actually, you're kind of dead on with that. <laughs> I mean, it is true when you think about it, because when, think about it, when you're dealing with a woman that is the, you know, their age, these women are smart. They're road tested. They've dealt with guys that have not dealt with their own bullshit. But if they can deal with a younger woman that has not had the kind of experience with men that have been douches, they're like, game time, baby. They don't have to deal with somebody that is on their level, you know? I mean, that it, it completely makes sense to me. I think it's not that deep of a thought at all. Um, so next week, the reunion continues. And we're going to have, uh, like, I guess, the Patricia stuff with Naomi. We're going to have more fights. And he didn't say the conclusion. So this, I'm guessing, is the second episode, even though we need to end it. I think we don't need a third episode of this. And Winterhouse premieres on Thursday. They are airing too much Bravo this week for a Bravo Con. But don't worry, you have shows all week with guests. We are not going to be doing a Beverly Hills Friday, but I do have a special guest for you. Uh, and I'll be making that up next week when I come back from BravoCon. So you'll get a double reunion, baby. Double. Re it's going to be the worst day of my life having to talk about two reunion episodes back to back. You guys, if you like this podcast, please rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you like it even more, why don't you go sign up for like five bucks a month on Patreon and you get like access to all these episodes, the Kardashian recaps. We're, uh, what else are we? We're recapping Selling the OC on there. We might be recapping Winter House exclusively over there. I don't know. It gets crazy over there. I'm recording an episode tomorrow just for the Patreon. That's it, you guys. It has been a tough day, so I imagine it's been a tough day for you, too. Hope this made it a little brighter in any sort of capacity, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you. Please like and subscribe if you did this on YouTube. Oh, man, there is just so many things to ask you guys to do. It gets so exhausting. I can't imagine what you guys go through. Okay, bye! Batches.